Hey, Vinny and Frank, Joe Mandel here. Congratulations on your 100th episode of Bar Down. Uh, it's a huge achievement. We love having you on the network here for all the great hockey talk and all the other stuff you guys talk about, entertainment, you know, movies. It's it's all great stuff. You guys do a great show. Love you guys. Cheers to a thousand more. We love having you guys. Keep up the great work and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys soon. Take care. Hey, fellas, it's John Buffone from your favorite Bears podcast, Buffone 55, congratulating you on 100 episodes. And as someone who knows a little something about longevity on the Barroom Network, I can tell you that this is no small accomplishment. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes of putting on a good podcast, so many scheduling changes, and so much commitment. So congratulations, and here's to 100 more. I don't care, Aldo. I don't feel like doing it. Enough is enough with these guys. I don't care. I, I hear you, but who? Oh, it's for the Korean. Benny? Hungry Show? What's the name of it? Bar Down? That's for Parisi, though. Don't say nothing. It's not on yet, right? Are we on? Oh. I cut this out. Well, you don't cut it out. I'll do the best thing. Hey, Vinny, your pal Mike. How are you, buddy? Congratulations on show 100. We're like this, me and you. Huh? Did you shave your foot a second time today? I'm kidding. Congrats on the new show, Bar Down. Love you, buddy. We got to see each other real soon. You and uh, who Frank. else is on the show, Elbow? <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Frank, my favorite, uh, my favorite guy. You, you guys kick ass. See you later. Oh, Mike North, you are a kidder. Um, but I, I want to just follow up, Mike, with expressing my own uh, feelings uh, about you guys, Frank and Vinny, and the show that you have done. One hundred episodes. Now, the first what twenty or so were with Vinny's brother. Uh, Joey and those were spectacular and then when Frank came in to be a, a part of the threesome and then when uh, when Joey left the two of you have uh, continued the show and have just done some phenomenal phenomenal work and I'm so proud and so fortunate to have you guys on the Barroom Network delivering great hockey information I've been following hockey since the 1960s and the show that you guys do is as comprehensive as any weekly show is about the National Hockey League. And because of the also the emphasis on the Chicago Blackhawks, my favorite team, the team that I grew up with, it's especially uh, uh, special to me uh, because I love uh, to hear about the Blackhawks even during these rough years. And how about this? We are celebrating 100 on the day uh, after the trade of Patrick Kane, uh, one of our, our my heroes, one of my all-time favorite uh, Blackhawk players. And you had uh, asked some people from the barroom to come on and share a memory of uh, uh, from their past regarding ho uh, hockey. And, and, and I want to share with you a big part of the reason why I fell in love with the Chicago Blackhawks. And that was because of an announcer who used to work at WGN Sports, did radio and TV for them, announcing. And he was the voice of the Chicago Blackhawks in the late 1960s into the early 1970s. Lloyd Pettit was just a phenomenal 
phenomenal broadcaster. And I want to play for you some clips of him on his radio broadcast because, again, the Blackhawks' home games were not televised in Chicago. The old man words was a terrible business decision, really, really dumb. Uh, so we, my brother and I, my brother Harry and I would crowd around our big stereo and get our ears next to the speaker and listen to the play-by-play call of Lloyd Pettit and listen to this and tell me, you know, how can you not fall in love with the game of hockey? The blue line trying to break it into the slot. He is put down the solid check. Makita picks up the puck. He's in front. He's in My man, Lloyd Pettit, wow, what a set of pipes. And the way he described uh, the hockey action was second to none. And the way you guys work together is also second to none. Uh, Frank Mueller, Vinny Parisi, you guys are the absolute best. I am so lucky that you are part of the Barroom Network. And I can think of no better way than to uh, close this uh, tribute to you by calling in the spirit of Lloyd Pettit and doing a little play-by-play for you, Vinny Parisi, and you, Frank Mueller. Frank Mueller picks up the pocket in his own zone. He skates by at one. He skates by two. He hits Vinny Parisi. He's on a breakaway. A shot. And a goal! Vinny Parisi for the winner from Frank Mueller. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Barnow's 100th show. What's up and welcome back to Barnow Talking Hockey episode number 100 presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am as fired up as I have ever been. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, the greatest possible co-host that I could have ever asked to join me on this show when he did. Frank, how you doing? That intro was absolutely incredible. Thank you for everybody who had some kind words to say. Thank you for Aldo for putting everything together. Um, if it weren't for you, neither of us would be here. So I just thank you for that. And I, I'm ready for a great show. 100th episode. I'm pumped up. It's going to be a good show. Absolutely. Frank, it has been a whirlwind since the whole thing since we started this show it was meant to be a hockey show where we're clearly from chicago but we also enjoy the nhl as a home tom howdy thank you so much for joining you know if tom wants to join and join in on the open mic and tell a hockey story that he wants to share send me a text and i'll respond to you with the link uh skokes if you get out of class and you want to join 
send me a uh, text. I'll, I'll link you up. Uh, I would love to hear from each and every one of you. It is an open mic episode. If you're watching this right now, all you got to do is find a way to contact me and I will send you the link to the show. Frankie's letting me know in the private chat whenever it is that somebody joins and we would love to hear from you. Until then, we are going to continue doing what we do, Frank. We had a tough loss in the hockey world, though, in between episode 99 and episode 100. You have no idea where I'm going with this. You don't even know this. I've shared this with probably three people. You ready? I'm ready. The first 99 episodes of this podcast were done with one of my personal treasures. Skylar, welcome. If you'd like to join, I'll send you a link. We tell a hockey story. I know you're not the biggest hockey diehard, but I know you got plenty of a story or two to tell probably. Frank? The first 100 episodes, or first 99 episodes were done with the MacBook that I purchased oh. in 2018, and she has since passed away. Really? The, the logic drive broke, and it's north of $450 to fix, closer to $500 to fix, and it was $800 to purchase this new computer that, that we're currently working on now, so I don't think it's much of a you know, hard decision to throw in the extra 300 and get a new one. But this one, this laptop, I had to give a tribute to it on the show. I loved it very much. We've recorded thousands of podcasts between Let's Go Devils podcast, the Barroom Networks, Crosstown, Crosstalk, South Burbsit. And I essentially started my career on that laptop. And I know you've seen me working on it a shit ton in life. So do you want to know something funny? When you first got on before the show started, I was going to ask if you got a new camera. Like really? something like I noticed something different. I didn't even like, think of that, Frank. I, I swear I was like, oh, did he get a new camera? Because like something was different. And now I know the reason why. That must be it. By the uh, way, Skyler in the chat says, Do you have a way for me to join call in audio only? I don't think so. I don't, I don't believe we do. Oh yeah, audio. if if any if anything I could send I I just sent Skylar the link. He could join in and turn his camera off. Yeah, like, that's what all the barroom network says. We yeah. can send you a link and turn the, the camera link, on. The link was just sent to him. So, Frank, anybody who joins, as you know, put it yeah. in the chat and tell them we are going to carry on our normal conversation. Say one nice thing about my laptop before we go, though. She helped us start this whole podcast. I mean, it's it was it's a legendary laptop. I remember your old laptop before that laptop. And the one before that was good, but when you compare it to the laptops you've had nowadays, that was a piece of junk. But will forever be missed. Socks, Devil's laptop. Major piece of junk. I haven't decided if I'm going to just recopy this on the new laptop or if I'm going to change it up a little bit. I've added Bears coverage since buying this. When I bought this laptop, I only covered the White Sox and the Devils. That's why those are the two stickers on it. I've expanded to the Bears, the Jaguars, the Bulls, the Blackhawks. So We love you, Joe. We love you, Joe. We will see if, you know things change on the new one but frank it is time to talk about hockey it is going to be the fun part of the show for me the not so fun part of the show for you as we will send it over to period number one welcome to period one where we will talk hockey if you are interested in joining the open mic uh i believe we are going to start off with a special guest And we are going to move right in right now before we get ahead to all the hockey news that's going on in the world. Our first guest on the show for an open mic. Anyone who wants to join, 
Join, find a way to talk to me. I'll send you the link. Skylar did it. He has the intuitiveness to do it. You can too. <laughs> Five, 10, 15 minutes to join. You may have to wait in line if someone's ahead of you or if we're in the middle of a conversation, but I would love to hear from you. We are now going to bring in one of the most loyal people to the Barroom Network in general, but specifically our show's Frank, Skylar Reese. Skylar, how we What's doing? Up? What's going on, boys? How's it going? Welcome yeah. to your bar down debut. <laughs> it's a busy day at work, but I, I can shed uh, I can shed ten minutes for for uh, for you guys because I love you guys so much. Absolutely, we, we love, love you too, too Skylar. Skylar, do you are you here to debate me? Tell me why I'm an idiot. Are you here to tell a story? Are you here to share a favorite hockey memory? Well, What's going on? I will get. Well, let me give you the best of both worlds. I'll give you a hockey story first, and then a third period story after. How's that sound? Deal. All right, so uh, hockey story first. I don't know that much about hockey, but I always enjoy uh, listening to uh, you and Jeremy. Mostly it started in timeouts, but now I'm enjoying listening to you and Frankie talk about it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I still don't know a ton about it, but I find the conversation interesting. And it's always it makes my work day go faster when, when you guys are on. So uh, shout out to you guys for that. And then uh, my third period story, one of my favorite stories is uh, just always talking with Vinny about football because we're almost always on the same page. And the the best part about that is arguing with our guy Jeremy about Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady. I knew we'd talk about Tommy Boy at least once on the 100th episode. I knew it. So that that's my favorite. I, I enjoy listening to the show. I enjoy commenting. I I enjoy uh I enjoy disagreeing where I disagree. But for the most part, I usually don't uh, have too many disagreements while you guys are on. So. Yeah, absolutely. We can't thank you enough for listening as often as you do. It's a big part of our show. Skylar, who is your all-time favorite hockey player, if you had to pick one? Uh, well, I'll, I'll stick with a local favorite. Um, I'll go with uh, Taze, uh, just because I – That's you mine. Know, Let's go. You, you know me because I – well, Vinny and I, we love Tom, so we love the leader. I love the captain. Uh, when the, when the, my family was getting jerseys, uh, my hockey family – uh, said, you know, we're, we're treating jerseys. What do you want? And I said, give me, give me the leader. Give me the captain. I'll take a, I'll take Taze. So, uh, See, I feel like Taves is like an underwhelming, like not a lot of people say Taves. A lot of people gravitate towards Kane. I mean, everybody loves Taves, but I feel like he's in the minority where if you ask 90% of the city of Chicago, more people would say Kane more often than Taves. Yeah. So I love that answer. Yeah. That's my guy too. Well, I think you got to look at it. You can tell me if I'm wrong, because like I said, not a, not a huge hockey guy, but Taves is kind of like the general, and uh, Kane is the guy you go you go send to go, you know, rush the foxholes, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Skyler, I'll put it to you in a way that I know you'll understand. Think, right. of, think of Patrick Kane as Chris Bryant at the height of his powers. Okay. And think of Jonathan Taves. As Anthony Rizzo, Rizzo at the height yeah, of their powers. <laughs> Bryant, the better version of Bryant, the best Bryant was better than the best Rizzo, but Rizzo's floor is probably higher than Bryant's floor. Taves's floor was higher than Kane's floor, but as a raw, you know, like as a raw player, but the way Patrick Kane was able to ascend to the top and win MVPs, same thing for Bryant, win MVPs, rookie of the year. They both won rookie of the year. Um and an MVP. So I think, you know, there's a lot of comparables and I knew that'd be a way that you would be able to relate to it. What do you think? I, I think it's a great, I, that, you know, I like it better than mine. Cause it's a, it's able to relate to more Chicago sports. So I think it's, I think it's a really good, really good analogy. I noticed you've copied my beard. 
Well, when when you uh, develop the uh, work from home lifestyle, you tend to not shave as much. But <laughs> oh, <I laughs> no, make no mistake, Vinny. When, when I go out, the beard comes off. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Frank Frankie here has the best beard of them all. Even though I could outbeard everyone if I tried. Um, Mike, did you notice Mike North make fun of me for shaving twice a day before we started? Did you get? Did you see that? I didn't. No, I hopped in a little late because uh, I lost track of time doing some work stuff. But uh, I'll, yeah. I'll go back and rewatch it. Yeah, Mike, Mike North pretends he doesn't know Frankie and I, even though I know I have a mansion and that guy. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, one, of, one of my all-time favorite moments is uh, when, when you had the Mike North thing, because uh, you know that for my fr my dad's friend is good friends with Mike North. Yeah, oh yeah. And then I took a picture with your dad's friend and sent it to Mike North. And then I get a essay back on how he met him and went to elementary school with him and a bunch of things I don't care about. So, you know, it's, it's always funny. <laughs> Skyler, as a moderate hockey fan, do you feel Frank and I at least make it where people might check out a game? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you guys are – well, because you guys are pretty close to – we're pretty close in age, so I think you're able to uh, to relate in, in a comedic fashion too and, and just uh, make, make the game sound more interesting, and um, especially too with the nature of how sometimes chats go. When someone replies snide, you know, you guys, you guys have a, a good – a good, quick, and, and funny way of responding, and then uh, I always enjoy responding, too. So. <laughs> who was but, the one idiot who shit on us for liking Marvel? I, I, oh, Thomas, Thomas Gage. Thomas Gage. Fuck that now, He hasn't been back in a while. He's nervous. <laughs> yeah, because Skyler scared him off, not us. <laughs> I mean, that dude was such an ass. He's yeah. so rude. Yeah, that's so, funny. That's he just funny. said mean things. Fight fire with some, some more fire, you know. Absolutely. So, you know, when I'm looking down at my phone, it's me sending links to people to see if they join. I want to hear from as many people as possible. Skylar, you have been one of the most loyal friends to me since we were kids. We went to summer camp together, barely knew each other, and then, you know, rekindled when college came around. And, you know, it's it's been, you know, a treat in my life to have you in it. And I can't thank you enough for the support. I appreciate it. you guys. Keep up the good work and I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. Absolutely. You, see Skyler. you later. So, adios, Skylar. Anybody who wants to be like Skyler and join us in this chat, make sure you do so. I want to hear from as many we, people as possible. We got some uh, some news from Tom in the chat. Dylan Larkin just inked an eight-year extension with Detroit. Oh, I wrote it, pal. Oh, well, I didn't know that. 8.875. We got Tom breaking news in the chat. I just I said Tom a link. I want him to join, Tom. Let's go. I knew you didn't have it written down for the show previously, so I just wanted I to mention it in case. Uh, Elliot Friedman announced it while Mike North was talking. Like, like think hilarious. about it like right there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so hopefully, Dylan one thing Larkin... about Mike North, he can't bull a strike. No. <laughs> he cannot. We, we learned that firsthand at the Barroom Network party, which that's the second Barroom Network party I've gone to through 100 episodes. And I'll tell you what, it's fun. Sorry, uh, Mike, if you're listening, but I mean, he's I not mean, the listening. Proof was, the proof was in the footage. You told Aldo to cut it out. You, Mike, North is, to show it. Mike North is probably out getting his like feet rubbed with like a golden spoon or something like that you know the big the big j journos where you got to get to like mike north so again you want to join debate me tell frankie why his predictions all come the exact opposite like timo meyer to carolina or patrick kane not getting traded um frank let's get it right into it all my predictions come wrong too i'm totally this is this is a tough subject this was very very hard for me yesterday 
It was a tough day. And listen, I a little birdie sent me a DM on Thursday of last week telling me that this was happening and that the framework of the trade was done. And all that needed to happen was the two teams needed to find a third-party team to send a fifth-round pick to, and Patrick Kane needed to waive his no-trade clause. Those were the two hurdles standing in the way between the New York Rangers and Patrick Kane, Chicago Blackhawks, coming up with this trade. It's done. Patrick Kane has been traded to the New York Rangers. The full details of the trade are out. It's a three-week trade, three-team trade with the Arizona Coyotes. They get a pick. The Hawks get picks and prospects. Kane goes to the Rangers. You are the diehard Blackhawks fan of the show. Speak to me. This was one of the hardest moments of being a hockey fan I've ever had, I think. It it had like the vibes of them getting eliminated from the playoffs in 2011, 12, 14, 16, 17, all combined times like 10. Like I was, I was a very emotional man yesterday with this news coming out um, because I was talking to Aldo before the show and he said, well, what does he mean to you? Like, what did this trade mean to you? I said, well, you know what? I grew up watching him. Um, he's been with the Hawks 16 seasons, so I never really got the opportunity to watch Blackhawks without Taves and Kane, right? So they were a big part of the reason as to why I got into hockey and why I loved hockey and why hockey was such a big um, sport in the city of Chicago. And, you know, so many people wanted to play here to be with uh, Kane and Taves and win championships with them. It was very emotional for me. Um I'll always love Kane. I, you know, it's not a secret that Taves has always been my number one Blackhawk. So when the time comes for him to leave and retire or whatnot, it's going to be the same thing. But, you know, I, I'm pulling for Patrick Kane. I hope he has the, the greatest of success in New Jersey. I know you being a New Jersey Devils fan, he's a big uh, rival for you now. But um, I want to see the Rangers do good things. I'd love to see Kaner win another Stanley Cup. And this was the only way that that was going to happen, most likely. Um so, you know, no hard feelings for Kaner, but, you know, this is this is very tough for me, though, still, to process all this. Here's why I have absolutely no problem rooting against Patrick Kane in the playoffs this year. There's no way he stays with the Rangers. I, I just can't see – like, Arizona retained 25%. The Hawks retained 50%. He probably just – he probably just – signs for what six seven mil next year depending on how he finishes this year i just don't see how the rangers fit that under their cap with the panarin deal and having to pay fox and chesterkin and so you know i want kane to win another cup i just not with the rangers no screw that this is Um, i'm gonna be a big rangers fan this year in the stanley cup playoffs i have a take though and i'm being dead serious here and i'm not saying it because he's on the rangers Mm -hmm. is a second round pick in 2023, better than a first-round pick in 2024? It could be. However, what I thought was pretty interesting that it was announced yesterday by the intermission report group on NBC Sports. Was it yesterday? Yeah, they were. Yeah, it was yesterday, I'm pretty sure. The Hawks have the most first-round first draft picks of any team, I think, for the next three years. Or the most first round, yes. second round, third round draft. Yes, Some, they do. Something along those lines over through 2025, which is just absurd to me that it could even grow a little bit more if the Rangers were to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and they get another first rounder in 24 or 25. Um, which would it be? They're saying it would be in either 24 or 25, but how does that work? What do you mean, or? Don't you know? 
I think their 2024 pick, so it's something to do with another trade they've made. Okay. Like if the 2024 pick doesn't go to the blues because of conditions, then the Blackhawks would get that one. If it does, then it becomes 2025. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I get there are saying. conditions on other picks that would affect that. Joe points out that he wants to be in New York. He will stay there since this is his hometown. That's why I think he goes. He's actually from Buffalo. I think he goes to Buffalo. I, like Patrick Kane wins a fourth Stanley Cup with the Buffalo Sabres in the next five years. That, wow, that's, you think he's going to stay that long in the NHL? Well, he's 34. He'll be 35 next year. I could see him signing a three- or four-year deal. Yeah, the next five years, that's pushing it. I don't know. But I think he plays for the Buffalo Sabres. That's who I would sign with if I were him. And if he wants to stay in the Metropolitan Division area, but not, but the Rangers say they can't, the Islanders are an option. The Devils are an option. The Sabres are an option. Maybe he takes a discount to go to the Bruins. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. But it's definitely interesting. Frank, what does this mean in terms of the Blackhawks and the Rangers? You got line predictions or anything like that? Uh you know, he's probably going to play on the top line with Kreider and Zabinijad, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried find a way to squeak him in with Panarin on the second line. But right now, Tarasenko's with Panarin on the second line. But I think, you know, the chemistry and the coaching staff and, you know, the whole organization knows what Panarin and Kane could do as one. So they might try to finagle some ways of getting them together, whether it be on the second line, make some switches, definitely probably on the power play, no doubt. He'd be on one of the lines with Panarin. Um so that, that's what I got for you. I think he will start on the first line and not play with Panarin, but as the season goes on and maybe in the playoffs, if line changes need to be changed, he will find his way with uh, the bread man once again. Absolutely. I would put him on the well, second line, first line, I don't care what you call it. I would put him with Trocek and Panarin. And then I would have Kreider play with Tarasenko with Zabanajad. Or you could put Kreider with Tarasenko with Trocek and put and load up the top line with Panarin, Zabanajad, and Kane. It's a very good uh-huh. top six, no matter how you do it. Absolutely. Um, I definitely think the New York Rangers became a better team. He's very bad defensively, and the Rangers haven't been good defensively this season. So I don't necessarily think it fixes a whole lot of issues that the Rangers are dealing with, but it makes them a better overall top six, and that's something that's going to be important. Frank. Patrick Kane is a Chicago legend. What did his trade mean to you? Or what uh, did his career mean to you? Excuse me. Um, what did the trade mean to me? Yes. No, the his career. Oh, his career. Um, wow. I mean, his career meant everything to me. Because like I said before, I mean, if it wasn't for him and Taves, it, I think that they were a major, major reason on how to bring hockey to the city of Chicago more well-known because they were so bad for so many years. Them winning in 2010 was their first Stanley Cup in 49 years. So getting them, drafting these two men, Taves and Kane, Kane being you know the face of the, uh, the, the, the franchise because he was the better player, um, is just unbelievable what he did, not only for me, but just for everybody else watching him. I mean, you, you go out with a bunch of our friends or people we know, they, they always got Kane jerseys. I mean, you know how many people love Patrick Kane. So his career, what he've done, what he's done in his career, three times Stanley cup champion, 
He won the Conn Smythe in 2012-2013, the Hart in 15-16, the Art Ross in 15-16, the Ted Lindsay in 15-16. He won the Calder Trophy in 2007-2008. He scored 446 goals, 779 assists for a total of 1,225 points with the Blackhawks. I'm lucky enough to have this type of player on my hometown franchise and the team that I root for most. Um, it's just, I, it's just unbelievable that we've had a player of that caliber and being the greatest Blackhawk in Blackhawk history to just being able to watch him for the prime in his entirety of his career. It's just been, it, it it's meant so much for me. So I, I, I wish him nothing but the best. I couldn't agree more. Um, Frank, there were some trades that were made to facilitate this Patrick Kane trade. They sent Krabs off to the Rangers. Uh, they made a couple other moves to fill out some cap space. They put Lingren on waivers, sent him to, or not Lingren, Lishizen on waivers to send him mm-hmm. to the AHL. And there were all sorts of things that needed to be done in order for this trade to be made. I just wanted to put that out there so that people kind of understand why it was starting to be rumbled mm-hmm. on Thursday. And it came all the way around until yesterday for the trade to become official. Before we get to a special guest that just popped in, who's your Mount Rushmore of Chicago athletes? <sighs> well, I saw yours. Um, we have one different. but um, Gee, I wonder which one. <laughs> you probably know who I'm going to replace him with. I have an idea. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Uh, my Mount Rushmore. Does his name start with an E? Yeah. My Mount Rushmore of <laughs> Chicago athletes is Michael Jordan, Patrick Kane, Walter Payton, and Ernie Banks. Yeah. You picked the best player from your four favorite Chicago teams. I picked the best player from my four favorite Chicago teams. Frank Thomas and Ernie Banks are very similar. They both hit roughly 500 home runs. They're both one of the best hitters of their generation. I don't Did Ernie Banks win an MVP? He probably did. Frank Thomas won two. Uh, Frank Thomas is considered to be one of the top three greatest right-handed hitters of all time. I think that's significant. Um, Yeah, I think Cub fans are going to have yours and White Sox fans are going to have mine. I I honestly think Mount Rushmore was made of five, it would be those five. Oh, you would just be a biased a-hole if you put someone else over those five. Like, you hate the White Sox so much if you put someone other than Frank Thomas if you're allowed to include one. Or you hate the Cubs so much if you put someone other than Ernie Banks if you're allowed five. And then I think you could – well, beyond those five, you could start throwing out honorable mentions like Dick Buckkiss and Scottie Pippen and Jonathan Taves and Duncan Keith. Um, You know, so I think the Chicago Mount Rushmore is pretty – the top three are pretty in stone. And then Ernie Banks, Frank Thomas – they, they could probably split. Like if you could put half of Frank Thomas's head and half of Ernie Banks's head. I actually think that's the real like big brain, logical um, person answer. So, you know, I'm happy you saw mine though. You didn't like it though. Cause you don't like my shit on Twitter, even though I like yours. I don't really um, like anybody's to be honest with you. <laughs> um, let's bring in a, a guest that I did not expect to have on the show today. We are going to bring in somebody who is a blood relative of both of us. We are going to bring in your aunt, my mom, Lisa. She doesn't even like hockey. Mom, how you doing? Hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations, 100 episodes. What a wonderful accomplishment. Thank you. Uh, it was all Frankie. Yeah, right. You know what? <laughs> you both do amazing. I remember that first episode in our That first basement. episode. Yeah, that was a mess. 
I've tuned into it. I've gone back and like watched the progression of how it's changed from them and then until now. It's right? crazy. It's, it's crazy. amazing. It really, so, really is. Congratulations. I think you guys are a great pair. You work well together. You speak well together. Just great accomplishments, guys. He actually thinks he actually hates me. Because I told him I told him Patrick Kane was gonna get traded. Who? He's like, why don't you respect my opinion? Like, oh me? Not your opinion. It's a fact. <laughs> yeah, I was a little disappointed. I won't lie. I was sad to see him go and see all the talk about what a great player he is. I, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of hockey like you guys do. I'm I'm a hockey mom from a from a background. I try to pretend I know everything, and really I don't. When the Bruins play, I root for the Bruins. When the Devils play, I root for the Devils. And when they play each other, I sit quiet. <laughs> you need one of those jerseys that has half, half right, Bruins, half, half and Devils. Half. You know, like when, like, the, you, I think uh, Travis Kelsey's mom did it with the Eagles and Chiefs, like the yeah, mother she who did. the two kids. Yeah, <laughs> you she need did. one that of those. Actually, that actually would be really funny. It would I be. actually <laughs> would invest in something like that for her as, like, a holiday present. Right? Uh, that mom, would be great. Would you like to respond to Aldo saying hubba hubba in the chat? Hubba hubba? What is that supposed to mean? I think he thinks Frankie's good looking man. I uh, think he was talking yep. about Frankie. You're talking about Frankie, <laughs> Aldo, right? Well, I mean, I could be his son, right? You're right. right. Yeah, that, that's funny. Mom, you're not getting out of here without talking some puck. What's your all-time favorite hockey memory? So I have lots of them. You know, raising two boys obviously has been – a joy in sports all the way around. Um, for for you, I'm going to say the time in 2012 when the Devils won against the Rangers, and you had to have that hat. You just had to have it. So the mom that I am ordered the hat. Can we get a quick fuck the Rangers? No, I can't swear. Why? Frankie does it all the time. No, I'm a mom. All right, if the if the Devils played the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Finals this year, the winner moves on to the Stanley Cup Final. Who would you root for? The Bruins. Wow, that oh, was you quick. said the Devils. That was quick. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you said the Rangers. Get her out. Get her out. Get her out. I'm being dead serious. Get her out. She's gonna, oh, oh, my God. I thought a... you said the Rangers. So if the Devils and the Bruins play, I told you I have to sit quiet. That's, That's bullshit. My... That's bullshit. I thought you said the Rangers play the Devils. <laughs> no, I take that I, back. You can't think I said that. I clearly said Devils versus Bruins. <sighs> and you went Bruins. <laughs> She's in her corner. Oh, 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 oh. She's freaking, she's wearing a Taylor Hall Bruins jersey just to no. shove it up my hoop. You know that when the Bruins and the Devils play, I can't root against anyone. When well, the Devils they... score, I'm happy. When the Bruins score, I'm happy. So. Oh, so she hates both teams' goalies. Got it. Okay. Um, I am disgusted with you for the way you handled that question. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you said Rangers. I, I Bla- just heard. If the Blackhawks were playing the Bruins in the Stanley Cup final, who would you root for? Or my son. The Bruins. Wow, Frank, she said. It's all right. It's all she right. said, F nephews. Sorry, Frank. I love you. You're my nephew. I, I would do anything for you, but. That's all right. Except root for the Blackhawks. Hey, my, my I, boy, I don't expect her to root for the Hawks. It's fine. That's you know, funny. That's... 
Well, thank you for always being a supporter of the show. Always. Obviously one of the earliest supporters of the whole thing. And thank you for coming on. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Have a great time today and congrats. Thank you again. Woo! <laughs> and right off the bat, we had another guest waiting in line. I believe I know who you mean by someone named Big House coming in. I think we're talking about Mike Puccinelli. Mike, what's going on? Cousin Vinny. Cousin Vinny. What's <laughs> How going we doing? on, Mike? That's funny. That's funny. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm I'm all right. Just a little midday work, and I thought I'd hop in for a little bit. I appreciate it, man. You a little upset over what happened yesterday? Yeah. Uh, you know, we saw it coming since Saturday when he left the team. So um, I wasn't crying like I thought I would be, but uh, it still sucks. I've just been watching videos on Twitter all day and reminiscing with all the flashbacks and everything it's been tough it, it's very tough you know what was your favorite blackhawks cane moment oh you man off the top of your head? there's a lot of good ones to choose that's there's a tough, lot of good dude. ones that's tough i remember when he scored the goal in 2010 um in 2013 when he put it away in overtime against the kings um in the western conference final we were all at a graduation party we were all around the tv uh, watching that game, and uh, I think it was him and Taze skating down, and he passed him in, and he did a celly. So that that was that was a really good one. I don't know. There's 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 so many. They're they're all my favorite. It really know. is, yeah. yeah. Frank, do, do you know who this guy is? Not really. <laughs> kind of looks familiar. You've met him before. This is Nick Wayne's good friend, Mike. Okay. They, have, have we met? Probably. No, you look familiar. You, you probably met at a family party or two, I would assume. He Maybe wasn't that, at the Cubs or did he play game. softball with him? No, he wasn't at the Cubs game. Okay. Softball? No. Play? Uh, I played softball with Nick like five years ago. We had a no, team. No, but... I want you to say one nice thing about Nick Wayne and then one asshole thing about Nick Wayne. No, nah, let's not get into Nick. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, dude. First of all, we can't thank you enough for hopping in for a little bit. Yeah, of course. Do you have any predictions for what's going to go on in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I know the East is a complete juggernaut, and the West is like a bunch of, you know, pretty good teams that might make it to the Stanley Cup final a little healthier. That might help them a little bit because the competition's a little bit thinner. What's your takeaway on what's going on in the NHL as a whole this year? Well, how did that happen in the first place? The West used to be the you the know the fourth, yeah the force to reckon with and all of a sudden if you look where the players went at the trade deadline all the good players went east i mean yeah it, it's crazy I, I think the devil's gm told timo meyer when they acquired him that playing for a team in the metropolitan division adds an extra five years to your career because like dallas is sneaky close to nowhere Vancouver, like they got Seattle and then everywhere else is like a three hour flight away or more. Yeah. Um, you know, the devils, they bust to Philly, they bust to the Rangers, they bust to the Islanders. The, the closest or the farthest metropolitan division rival is probably either the Columbus blue jackets or the Carolina hurricanes. And that's like an hour flight for them. Uh, you know, I think that's kind of partially like why some guys might choose the East over the West when it comes to free agency and stuff. But you're right. I'm, like it wasn't so long ago where the West was like, 
the Ducks with Getzlaff and Perry and the Sharks with Couture and Burns and, you know. Yeah, the Kings, you know, the Hawks. Orton, the Kings, yeah. the Hawks, exactly. You remember that in 2012 when it was Kings Rangers or yeah. Kings Blackhawks to get to the Stanley Cup? And we're like, well, whoever comes out, Kings Blackhawks, they're going to win the Cup. Win the West, the cup. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like guaranteed. Like, there, you know, no one else did any chance in the East. Exactly. And now it's like yeah. it's really flipped. Yeah. And last, I, last I, I love I love the Timo Meyer move for New Jersey. I see him as like a host of like guy for those young kids over there. I know he's still young. What is he like 26 or 27? He's, but yeah, 26. But, but still, played, you're right though. He plays that two-way game. He 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 plays a complete game. He's not just about scoring, not just about offense, and he can put the puck in the net clearly. So yeah, the Devils have traded for one other 30-goal scorer, like a guy with 30 goals at the time of the trade in their history. It was Ilya Kovalchuk in 2012, and they went all the way to the Stanley Cup final that year. Now, the East is a little bit more of a beast this year, but are, are you going to root for the Rangers against the Devils? I, I know you. I know you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, what I'm an absolute get, clown. I'm going to get a Kane jersey, too, with the Rangers. What if, what if he doesn't stay with the Rangers, though? Are you okay I don't with care. that? Just oh, okay. No, cool. no, that that I, I agree. I would do the same I, I'm thing. I'm thinking about it, too. Like if if in 2020 yeah. or if in 2034, Jack, Hughes, the devil stink and they were to like trade Hughes to like the Florida Panthers or something, and they had three Stanley Cups in his time with it. I would absolutely not even think twice about it. So exactly. I get where you're coming from. I just I hate that it's the Rangers because I know if Patrick Kane does something sick against the devils, it's going to be all it's going to be all over the Chicago tabloids <laughs> and all the Chicago people who watch five hockey games a year are going to oh look at what Patrick Kane did. And I'm going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I I love their jersey too. I think he looks really good in the blue. The only yeah. thing that bothers me about that, I don't like their numbers. I don't like the way they try to make them pop. Yeah, mm. I that know what you're saying. A little bit. Are they red? White jersey? Are the numbers red or white on the home? They're, red. they're white. They're white numbers, right? With the red pop, to, the red underneath to make them. Aren't oh, they yeah. white with red underneath? Yeah, they're no, white you're numbers. Right. And then there's red underneath to make them look 3D, and that just bothers me a little bit. I, uh -huh. I think it would look a little more cleaner if they didn't do that. But Well, the Rangers have been marketing the shit out of him coming there just in the last 20 hours. Mm -hmm. so. it, it's honestly New wild what New York is doing. They're calling him they're calling him Kaner, but they're spelling it K-A-N. Y-I? Yeah, K-A-N-Y. K-N-Y-R. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm stupid. I, saw that. I, I don't know how I, I couldn't I'm, just I'm, speak it out. I was having a stroke right there. I'm stoked to see him play with Panarin, though. I mean, those those guys were magic when they were on the Hawks. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. And before I let you go, I do want to ask you one more thing. I'm I'm going to pull it up right here. Give me a sec. Okay, so. Uh, a little away from hockey, but I have to ask you before I let you go. We got Boston College, Southern Illinois, Nebraska, Tulsa, Toledo, Akron, Ohio, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, Ball State, Western Michigan, Kent State, NIU's new schedule just dropped today. Are they going to suck again next year? Probably. Damn it. <laughs> Probably. Unfortunately. Last year was All bad. Right. So Last I think it was terrible. I think there's no there's no other place to go but up. But uh, I don't I don't is is Rocky playing quarterback still? I would assume so. I think he I think he medicaled last year. So yeah, he, he should have one year left. I mean, 
who knows if he can stay healthy you know i think the team could do anything but it's uh you know the defense was awful they didn't have a secondary i don't know any of the kids they brought in i don't know if anyone's transferred other than i saw some names left you know the the portal has really screwed up college football in my opinion cuz there's no commitments anymore i mean they can just get up leave and go play next week somewhere else so yeah it's like hitting free agency in a pro exactly whenever they want yeah yeah that's tough well i hope we're both wrong because i agree with you last year they came in as the betting favorite to win the mac and this year they're probably going to not be that so hopefully it's just whatever the betting favorite is the exact opposite happens poochie we can't thank you enough for coming on it was a pleasure to have you in and you know i i hope all your hockey dreams don't come true this year but they do next year <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks boys thanks cousin Vinny. see you later man thanks, Adios. and we're gonna keep the train rolling we have a bunch of people who want to chime in i'm going to bring in somebody who was in the intro video but apparently they found a little bit of time here to join in the show i'm excited and uh it's an absolute pleasure to bring in joe mandel south burbs hitman co-host of mine What's Joseph, up? how we doing doing good congratulations boys 100 shows Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been good. It's been good. I can't thank all of you for embracing me in the Barroom Network, embracing Frank, and uh, enjoying the shows. You know, and 100 episodes goes by pretty quick when you you love doing it. And, I mean, these shows fly by. I know, Joe, you're well-versed in the Barroom Network. Uh, So, yeah, thank you for showing your support. You're always here talking and chat every once in a while. So it's it's great that you said those kind words to us earlier on. Yeah, man, I didn't think I was going to be able to make it, but I figured I might as well pop in since I had a few. Love it, love it. Joe, I know it it doesn't matter because we love sports in general. You you like baseball significantly more than hockey. That's fine, but I know you do have an appreciation for the game. Is there a favorite hockey moment that stands out to you in your life of watching sports? You know, it's <clears> – <throat> It's uh, I was listening to the show and it, it's something that's going to come up time and time again. It's just because you had t- talking about Patrick Kane, but <clears throat> it's that overtime to ceiling goal that he had in the Stanley Cup, where the you know that that beeline disappearing puck that just kind of uh, I don't think they ever found it, right? It's still like that <laughs> they never found that puck, I don't think. It, yeah, it just so, vanished. Yeah, I'll just remember that because like the whole the the buildup of it and and you know is it a goal is it not a goal where's the puck and and uh just going to the parade afterwards man i was at that parade and that was that was something yeah you know and it's funny because every or no one knew it was in except patrick Kane, which is what made that and letting and letting he knew but it he it was it. great like doc didn't know it was in he was like it rattles around oh it's in the nut it's like nobody knew so besides those two guys and that's what made the moment more special because Kane's out there celebrating and everybody else like, what just happened? Did we lose? Did we win? What's going on? So it, it, that's I- iconic. And to let that be like the game winning goal to decide who won the cup or not who won the cup, but for the Hawks, cause it was only game six, but it, it's just, it's unbelievable. It, it reminds me of like the goal that Kane scored with its last game. He played with the Blackhawks that was disallowed because he took the clapper and it was like, yeah, that, I mean, what a way to go out too, right? Like you kind of picture like the peak of Kane's career scoring that goal with the Hawks. That was like the peak moment Kane became like a legend in Chicago. And then like the last game of his Hawks career, like it's just, it's poetry. It is poetry. And Patrick Kane getting to go to New York and the Blackhawks 
able to get something out of it. I think it's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, Joe, do you have a favorite NHL player that you have watched in your life? Like, does, is it Patrick <clears throat> Kane? Does someone like Jonathan Taves resonate with you more? Duncan Keith, all sorts of – maybe there was a player on another team that you watched as a kid. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny because I, it's it's been K's – K's. I combined both names. I've together. done that before. Uh, Jonathan <clears throat> T- or Jonathan Kane, Patrick Taves. We've I've said it all. Yeah, and you know it's it's been Jonathan. Probably for me, it's been Jonathan Taves. Uh, but I mean, I I appreciate and love Patrick Kane for everything he is. I said it in the chat earlier. I think he's the best U.S. born hockey player in in history. Um, <clears throat> that'll probably, at least in my opinion. But Jonathan Taves is always what it's meant to be a Blackhawk. Just a great captain. He gets it done. And uh, just a cool guy. I've got to be around him a couple of different times. And he just is a guy that's just, just all business, but he's also a good human being. That's outstanding, Joe. Well, we can't thank you enough for coming on, sharing a little memory here and talking about yeah, hockey man. for a couple of minutes. We, you know, we're, we're enjoying this open mic thing that we're doing right now with all these people. We got that's a line. Great. Like, it's crazy. We got a whole <laughs> line right now. You do and have a so line. I'm, I'm excited about it. So, Joe, thank you again for joining. Really quick before we get to our next one, promote our great White Sox show that we are about to get going in a couple weeks here, the South Burbs Hitman. Yeah, that's right. So every Monday night on the Ballroom Network, you can catch Vinny, myself, and Steven Zim Zimmerman talking White Sox baseball on South Burbs Hitman. I believe we said, Vinny, we are tentatively doing our next premiere I say next premiere uh, on March 27th. It's a Monday. Uh, it's like right a grand reopening start. of a restaurant. <laughs> right, right. Because we, we did have, for all of you that don't know, we did have Jake Berger and his wife Ashlyn on the show about three weeks ago. And that was an awesome interview. If you didn't catch it, go check it out. Uh, since then, Jake has started a game at first base, which is unbelievable, by the way. Two home um, runs so in you a can catch us. That's right. That's right. He's, he's playing well to start the year. So excited to see that. Excited for some White Sox baseball. It's going to be a great season. Don't miss it every Monday night starting the end of March through the rest of baseball season. It's going to be unbelievable and always a fun time talking baseball with Vinny. Absolutely. Can't wait to see it, see it become a thing again, Joe. I'm looking forward to it a lot, and we can't thank you enough for joining in. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, and guys, don't forget to watch The Mandalorian tonight. Absolutely. Well, thank well, you, Joe. Absolutely won't. See you, Joe. <laughs> And we're gonna right, we're guys. gonna keep the train we're gonna keep the train rolling. We have another great barroom network host coming in here. We got Neil Stopchinski. Uh, Frankie's not remembering how to bring people. No, I'm totally joking. Frank, we are going to welcome in, of course, one of the great barroom network hosts, Neil Stopchinski. Neil, how we doing? There it is. How we doing, Vinny? Hey, one hundred guy. Hey, hey. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Neil. What's going on, man? Not much, not much. Is it fair to say, besides Frank and I, you're the biggest hockey fan at? Am I wrong about that? Are you the biggest hockey fan at Barroom Network, or am I? Am I totally way off? I mean, shit, dude. I, I was uh, thinking about putting the show together before Aldo found, uh, you know, you and Frank, and you know, your brother, and got this thing rolling, man. Uh, I had a guy in South Bend that was trying to, you know really get, get the ball rolling like hey guy you know you got to get on this thing you know more about hockey than anybody that i know but you know he's not much of a podcast guy so um yeah, i was, I was thinking about guy. it i'm not that knowledgeable i love watching the game i'm entertained by it i love the speed i love the action i love the chaos i love dudes beating each other up so 
<laughs> that, that, that's that, that, that's my love affair with hockey that I have. You know, I would be able to speak on anything, you know, schematically or I don't know how to evaluate guys or anything like that. But, you know, I, I just love the sport. And, you know, if, if they're a big time deal playing in Chicago, I love them anyways. So here we go. Yeah, for sure. And I, I do know you're a big soccer fan. And I know this might insult hockey fans or soccer. I love all sports. I am not prejudiced towards a single sport. I'll watch people play cricket. If you're doing something competitively, I'm interested in watching it. Hell yeah. There are some similarities, though, between soccer and hockey, I would say. I know you're a big soccer Absolutely, fan. Yeah. And, you know, it's winter hockey. It's a smaller net. Obviously, <laughs> the offsides rule is a little bit different. There's less players on the playing surface. But, I mean, is that true? In the sense that you're trying to put an object in the back of a net. Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> in, the, in the sense of... Yeah, there, are, there are some other similarities too. Like, you know, you got some similarities behind the offsides rule. You got some similarities, be, you know, around zones and, and uh, you know, spacing and everything else. Uh, much more speed in hockey, though, obviously. Much more physicality in hockey. Uh, you know, you don't have dudes flopping in hockey, right? I mean, there, 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 there are some stark differences as well, stark contrasts. You know, when I was in high school, there was these group of guys that always just really pissed me off because – they always said that hockey and soccer were the exact same thing. And they would, I think they would do it to bug me. I'm like, they're similar, but they're not the exact same thing. And I, I think it like, it put a sour taste in my mouth for soccer because of those guys who kept saying that. And I'm like, dude, if you've watched a hockey game and you watch a soccer game, they're no, they're nowhere near the same exact sport. They're two completely different yeah. sports, but they, they got their similarities. Like you said, yeah. But um, different athletes, different body types, different levels of absolutely. intensity and toughness. And I mean, you know, you got to give it up to soccer guys. I mean, you, you you come out the end of a match, and you know they're they're run, they're they're on the field for five to seven miles a night. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like it's you know they're they're marathon runners, and you know the the intensity of hockey guys come off the ice after you know two three minutes. I mean it's you know it, some similarities. Like I, I get what why why people want to compare the two, but I mean they're 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 unique in in their own individual rights. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite hockey memory that sticks out as a fan? Oh man, dude. I mean, really from 2009 to 2016, there's so many. Um, I do remember like the, the only one I was actually in Chicago for was 2010, you know, 13 or 15 happened when I was living in Mississippi. Um, but I was around for the 2010 one and that was just absolute batshit crazy. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've, I've never seen anything so nuts, dude. I mean, you know, so yeah, I, I was alive and I watched the bulls win their six and have that dynasty. But to actually be up here for see, 9, 10, 11, you know, most of 12, some of some some of 11, 12, to be up there for, you know, that, you know, three and a half, four season stretch at the very beginning of the dynasty. It was a lot of fun, man. I got to be honest with you, you know, just being get, getting wiped away, wasted at bars, watching the Hawks win, man. I'm, it's It was a good time. And then the, you know, immediately after I was listening to Joe talk about the, the magically disappearing puck. <laughs> um, I, I was, I was sitting at my buddy's place in Evanston watching the game because after we got off work, we didn't have time to get down into the city and we, we, we'd miss some of the game. We wouldn't be able to find a place to sit. We'd just order, order a couple pies and hung out at his place and watch the game there. We're saying to look at each other, like that went in, right? You know, we, we're, we're like, we want to celebrate. We're not sure. We saw Kay. Like, I think that went in, dude. You know, so we, we lost our, our, our minds and, and, um, and, you know, got on the, the, the next train, the next L down into the city and just start celebrating, man. I, I can't remember where the hell we were. I know that we were in Wrigleyville somewhere on Clark Street. I remember watching the, 
the, the, the mounted riot unit, you know, marching up and down the street, trying to clear the way and people acting like idiots. And, um, but man, just, just the euphoria of being around and watching, not necessarily in person, we weren't in the arena, obviously, but just being in the city when the team won a title, that was the first time I think I've experienced that. And that was awesome, dude. I mean, I, that, that, that's probably the, that's probably the top memory, I think. That is incredible. And I, it was the first one and you guys could correct me if I'm wrong. It's like the first Chicago championship of the social media age. I know social media was in its infant stages when the White Sox won the world series in 2005 and it surely didn't exist in 1985 when the bears last won, or in the nineties, when the bulls won six, the 2010 Chicago Blackhawks, you know, there were videos that were able to circle of Patrick Kane, you know, drunk, walking up the stairs and like, going crazy or like in 2013 when Corey Crawford went fucking right Chicago that was able that was able to be captured on social media so I think then the Cubs in 2016 all that so you know I do think that's what made it so much fun and Neil we can't thank you enough for stopping in and giving us a little bit of a hockey memory here um I know you got a bunch of big things going on with the barroom network and beyond you want to promote that really quick before you get out of here yeah, we're right in the middle of uh, you know draft season, obviously. So you know, draft oh, yeah. on tap. We're we're trying to go every other Wednesday. Um, the way we got it set up right now is me and Danny will will go one week. Greg Gabriel will have a show the opposite week. We'll flip flop back and forth. Um, we uh, we're off this week, and I think we're off for the public next week as well. Because next week we we're supposed to have a draft party tonight. We're moving that to next Wednesday for anybody that wants to. You know, buy me and Danny a, a, a boiler maker, and you'll know, hop in for it with us for sixty to ninety minutes. Just talk some ball. You know, just uh, email Aldo, Aldo at uh, barroomnetwork.com, I think is what that is. And uh, but yeah, every other Wednesday up until uh, draft day, and the draft week obviously is going to be nuts. We'll probably have shows every day, but every other Wednesday, you know, throughout uh, your draft season up until draft day is what we got going on. Um, you know, I'm I'm actually kind of halfway on the clock. Right, where, where, where does this go? Catapult. There we go. I uh, scout high school football with Catapult for those guys. We have uh, pretty much every D1 um, school in the country uh, buys our services, and everybody buys Texas, which is where I'm specifically you know, focused on. But in, in some way, shape, or form, every D1 school in the country uses us to help them find guys. When I was at Mississippi State and at Northwestern, I used these guys to help me find players. So we're kind of boots on the ground there. And then I just jumped on with Bulldogs 247 at 24-7 Sports. Writing some detailed scouting reports for uh, state of Mississippi and Mississippi State recruits, and so uh, you can catch uh, some of my work there. Um, I think it's all behind the VIP paywall, though. So unless you're absurdly interested in Mississippi State football, probably have access to it. But uh, maybe one of these days I can go ahead and you know prop something up for the fans or whatever the case may be. So needless to say, very busy dude. <laughs> right? Love it. Very busy dude. Absolutely love it. And everyone can make sure to follow at Neil Stopchinski on Twitter. His Twitter handle is directly below his name. And Neil, for the listeners, for the listeners, it's N I E L S T O P C Z, Cat Zebra, Y N S K I. Nice and Polish for you. Yeah, I think when you have a last name like that, you should you should spell it out. That's probably a, a learning lesson yeah, for man. me right there. Neil, keep keep doing what you do with football and, you know, keep promoting hockey as much as you can. And, you know, you do great work at the Barroom Network. So thank you for joining. Appreciate us. it, brother. Happy 100 again. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much. Thank you, Neil. What, a, you great, what a great guest. I love bringing these people in and we got a couple more people here on the train. Let's bring in now a friend of the program for a long time. One of the earliest people I've ever gone on a show with. We're talking Sean Sierra from 
Sports Zone Chicago. Sean, thank you for waiting. How you doing, man? Vinny, what's up, man? How we doing? I'm good, Papa. Good, good, man. It's 100 episodes of Bar Down Talking Hockey, and I know you have a little bit of hockey background here, and I just wanted to get as many people in chiming in as I can. So thank you for joining. Man, no problem, bro. Anything, anytime, anytime you call, I'm here, bro. I'm here. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Sean, do you want to share with Frank and I, which this is Frank, by the way, my co-host of the show. Frank, how you um, doing, buddy? Good, how are you? Good, man. I would like to know what your all-time favorite hockey memory is. Wow, there's a couple. Um, you Name know, them so, all. Uh, real quick. So I, I, I got into hockey when I was about uh, four years old, five years old. Um, there's a picture floating around the family somewhere. If I ever find it, Vinny, I will, I will text it to you. I shit you not. It is awesome. Uh, little black and Hispanic kid and my cousin who was a Mexican guy. They used to freeze over Dvork Park. So Dvork, that uh, Pilsen over there has been gentrified. So it's, it's a lot different than was when I grew up, when I was born over there. But it was mostly Mexican. It was all Mexican. And not too many Mexicans are, you know, ice skate, especially back in the early 70s. So uh, there's a picture of us tonight, my cousin. Even though he was a gangbanger, he loved hockey. He loved hockey. I don't know why. I don't know where he, he fell, fell in love with it. So he got me into it. So I was, like I said, I was skating four years old, five years old. There's a picture of us at, uh, at Dvork Park with the, uh, the, the the pond was frozen. And so we're, and I got my little stick and the whole nine. So that's where I, my, my first love of hockey came in. Then he, then when I'd go, I usually, my mom and his mom were, her sisters, they were like the thickest thieves. So we'd be over at their house a lot. So we would watch ESPN and we would watch. So he got me into the Oilers, uh, you know, in the eighties. And I was like, holy cow. So I fell in love with them, uh, with that team. And then, then the Hawks as well. Savard was one, was my guy, Larmer, Bannerman. And then we would, we would play in the alley. So not, once we moved from Pilsen, I'm in like you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, we, we would, we would play in the alley. No boots, no, I mean, no skates, but just like regular, our regular boots. And back then is when the, the garbage cans were, were metal. Those were the metal garbage yeah. cans that you had to roll. You know, they had a metal top. But we used those as the goal. And as crazy as it sounds, so me, my guy Mike Fitzgerald, and Dan Miller. Dan Miller was a Bannerman fan. He was a, ban- a Bannerman fanatic. So that's all he – so he would be a goal – he'd be a official goalie. So we would just take turns – trying to get around each other in the alley and just I, I'm telling you, so we would shoot at him. So both of us would shoot at him and whoever shot it obviously would get the goal. And he would, every time he would, you know, stop one of us, he'd yell, Bannerman! you know, and, and it's crazy. So you got guys. So what, six years, uh, six grades, like 10, 11 years old, uh, you know, so we're like 10, 11, 12, 13 years old doing this shit in, in the, in the alleys, you know, when it would snow and it was crazy. And it came full circle, well, not full circle, but it came, uh, pretty cool to fruition. So I was in high school. I was an Andy Frayn usher. All right. At that point, they had uh, one of the one of the Stanley Cup finals was the Philadelphia Flyers versus the Edmonton Oilers when Ron Hextall was a rookie goalie and took them to the finals. Well, I got to meet those guys. All right. So a buddy of mine. So after working at as an Andy Frayn usher, um, after uh, in the second balcony, because if, if you guys might be a little too young to remember. Um, but the second balcony and the old, the old barn had no escalators. So you had to walk all the way up to the second balcony. I had a, I had a, an in. So within about three or four months, I was down on the main floor. So I got to see the NBA all-star game that year in 1988. 
Uh, but I also got to work all the hockey games and the basketball games. So I've, obviously I met Michael Scott, oh, Scotty and Horses rookie year. So I got to meet those guys. But I also got to meet Dennis Savard. I also got to meet a whole bunch of uh, Everett Santa Pass. Actually, Everett Santa Pass gave me a stick. It's in my it's in my garage back there. Uh, he threw a stick over. I actually had to come on a day, uh, uh, the next day after a game, uh, after uh, and a, a skate around. I, I had I still know. So all, all kidding aside, I took the bus from 63rd in California all the way back down to the stadium. Um, I said, "Hey, I went to the gate three and a half for my guy. You know, works for game, but there was another guy there, and I'm like, I, I said, I'm you know, I'm one of the one of you guys. I want Andy Friend. I said, but I, I'm here to meet to talk to Everett Santa Pass. Said he, he said to come down here to get a stick, and he said, all right, cool. So I'm waiting. So I banged on the on the glass. I was like, hey, what's up, dude? And I'm shaking. You know, I'm waving my hands. He's like, oh, okay, I got you. So he just threw the stick over after he was done skating. He threw the stick over to me, dude. I was happy as a pig in slop. All right, <laughs> but the best part was, so I, I met Savard plenty of times. He was my favorite uh, favorite hawk. Um, Kane, I think, might rival him, all right? So it might be 1A, 1B, or just basically both ones, all right? Sure. But the, the my favorite thing was meeting Hextall, because uh, my buddy was uh, worked at gate three and a half where all the players would come in. So after I signed in, I, I, was, I had my spot on the main floor. I'd sign in, and I'd go hang out with my buddy until I had to be at my post and hang out at three and a half. That's where all the players would come in. Dude, you name NBA and NHL stars back in the in the late '80s. Come on, man. I mean, we're talking Hextall. We're talking uh, the Oilers when they came in. The only thing is, Gretzky wasn't there. He didn't play that day. But you talk about Mark Messier, Grant Fuhr, Marty McSorley, Eric Curry. Dude, it was awesome, 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 awesome. So I love that was one probably my favorite one meeting the Edmonton Oilers because that was my team. You know, I love those guys watching them because of my cousin. And just just meeting those guys and meeting Dennis Savard on a regular basis, just like, hey, Dennis, how are you? And I wasn't much shorter than Dennis Savard because Dennis Savard's not a big dude. He's not a big dude at all. But it was really cool uh, meeting those guys, knowing those guys. And then I got to meet Patrick Kane a couple times. I got to meet him after his little scandal. I was when I was working uh, first got in the industry, something like fifteen or twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen, when he had that little scandal, and uh, he came into the. I was doing security at the Under Armour store. And so he walked in. So my manager had told me he's going to be coming in today. And so I saw him. He had a hood on and everything. He was real quiet and the whole nine. And, you know, I was like, hey, Mr. Kane. I'm like, you know, I said, my manager wanted me to you know, let them know when you got here so they could show you around. So I talked to him for a minute. So it was pretty cool meeting him, like, on a personal basis. So has some pretty cool hockey memories. But as my, if I had to pick my favorite one was meeting the Edmonton Oilers back in the day, uh, back in the late 80s, man. That was, that was wild. Wow. A lot of good memories. Unbelievable, man. I can't even tell you. Can't I even mean, tell you. Just to Heck, have all those different memories, meeting all those like legendary players. and just, that's Every just night, bro. Basketball that's one amazing. night, hockey the next night. Basketball one night, hockey the next night. Dude, it was a, as a junior in high school who was a sports freak, they couldn't have got – and they paid me to do that? They paid that – was, that was a job? I got paid? Man, that that's was like a dream ever. come true for a lot of people to, to meet all those guys. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And a funny story. So, Kitty Corner, when when Mike won the dunk contest for he, from the free, he jumped from the free throw line. So he backed up literally right in front of my section. So he went and he dunked. So Kitty Corner from my section at the old barn, one of the, one of the guys I went to high school with, he's immortalized forever because he's in every single picture with Mike dunking from the from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, if that whole had only been if Mike had only been going the other way. 
I would have been immortalized forever on that poster. But, you know, I guess we can't have everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Do you appreciate it all? I know you're a Blackhawks fan. You got the Blackhawks hat, but the best player in the world today does play for the Edmonton Oilers again. Time's a flat circle. Do you ever get it? Watch an Oilers game? Every once in a while, I use I usually really busy, but if I get a chance, I'll I'll catch a little bit of it. More highlights than anything. Um, but uh, Connor McDavid is he's a freak, <laughs> free stud. He's not he's human. Played, uh, yeah. Yeah. They played no. they played the Bruins a couple days ago and it reminded me of like hockey's version of the Super Bowl. It was the best roster in the NHL against the best player in the NHL. And in that game the best roster prevailed in the Super Bowl the best or in that game the best roster prevailed in the Super Bowl the best player prevailed. But I think it'd be a great Stanley Cup final. I just wanted to throw that out there when you bring up the Oilers. Yeah, no, I I, I every so often I'll take a look and see what he's done or check the box score and and especially if I'm, I'm watching Sports Center and and uh, you know they talk about the Oilers, I make sure I keep it. And then I'll, I'll read about it in the paper the next day or go online and you know read one of their publications to see. But um, but yeah, I, when when they drafted him, I'm like, this dude is supposed to be a generational talent, and uh, he pretty much is. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. We can't thank you enough for coming in, spitting a couple great stories there. I know those are some things I'm gonna keep with me for a while hearing those stories about meeting yeah, the right. Oilers and Ron Hextall and stuff. That's very good. And you do great work. Promote sports zone Chicago. Yeah. Listen guys, you can follow me, right? If you're watching, you follow me at the Sean Sierra, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. I know don't at me cause I'm, I'm on TikTok, but we do it for the show. Uh, and we also, we also have a mobile app. You can download sports zone Chicago, wherever you get your apps from. And then we also have a Roku channel. So if you have a Roku television in, in the house, you can download the tile. Just like you downloaded Stars for for Power and Power, Paramount Plus for Yellowstone, you, you can download that tile. You can watch us live. You can watch us on demand. So you can follow Sports Zone Chicago uh, and all of our live shows on the, uh, in those ways. Absolutely, Sean. Thank you very much, Vinny. Thanks will... a lot, buddy. Frank, nice meeting you, my man. Nice meeting you too. Thanks cool, for coming buddy. on the show. We will be in my touch pleasure. soon, Sean. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, Frank. We are keeping the train rolling we have one more person waiting in line i know we we've gotten even more than i expected and i'm truly it's thankful great. for it it's been so fun i enjoy doing this we're still in the first period this is the longest first period in Ever. bar down talking it's history. It took, yeah it took you 100 episodes um i want to bring in now a very special guest someone who is a frequent commenter of the show but somebody who more importantly than a supporter of the show is just family and someone we care about so deeply of course, I'm talking about Tom Mangarelli. Tom, how we what doing? Up? What, what up, up, man? Up? Yeah, Vinny, you called me out. I answered the call. I did. I did. You're here. I love the hat. I know I've said that off air plenty yeah. of times, but I, I want the public to know I love that hat. Well, I stole the hat idea from the guy on the next to you on the screen. Yeah. You, you know, I, you're one of two people to do that. Yeah, Aldo is. did that too. Our boss here really? at the Barroom Network, the great director, he saw Frank's hat and it was in his Amazon cart the next day, I believe. Vinny, oh, yeah. do you know where we got the hat? Uh, is it the same place I got? Oh, it's not within my hands. Reach. You got where you got the Patriot one. The Patriot one, and then Frank okay. got me the Devils one. Yeah. And you got your bags hat there. The bags hat, that's right. Major League bags. because I'm And the bucket hat, right? There. Yeah. Well, me, I got yeah. the bucket hat there. I, yeah. Oh, Vinny did too. Yeah. No, I actually got the Door County bucket hat from a different store. 
Um, uh, it was a different store on the same street. Well, yeah. congrats, you guys. Absolutely. Do you want to share a favorite hockey memory? What, like, I know you've been watching hockey probably longer than anyone I know. Okay, and... here, here's the deal. Um, I'm watching this as you go along, and I am older than dirt. And I probably have forgotten more of my hockey memories than all your guests combined have remembered theirs. Fair. Uh, but if you want to go to the Wayback Machine, um, it was a preseason game. I, I got three short ones. It was a preseason game. The Hawks were playing the Bruins. And that was back in the day of bench-clearing brawls at least once a week. I believe the Hawk goalie was Jerry Desjardins. And most people are going to go, who? Desjardins. uh, Yeah, he was around for a a brief time. And this bench-clearing brawl broke out. And the Hawks had two defensemen at the time. They were both like effing monsters. Rick Foley. Who ended up as a flyer, I believe, and Jerry Korab, King Kong Korab. And when the fight broke out, those two just backed into the crease, one on either side of Desjardins, and put their arms up in a fighting stance, daring people to come get their goalie. And nobody would go near them. I love that. Then I have another one, not a game related memory, but it was an old timers game, I believe. And I have a picture, which I don't know if I've showed you this before, but Dennis Hall was there. Jim Pappen was there. And I was a huge Jim Pappen fan at the time. And I held up a sign that said Jim Pappen for president. (laughs) And my dad was standing next to me and the crowd started cheering. And he looked up, saw the sign, raised his stick with a big smile on his face. And my dad was able to snap a picture of it. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's amazing. That's right. And my last one I'll throw your guys' way, another one from the Wayback Machine, when the Hawks were playing the Canadians in the finals. And the Hawks had an empty net, and Frank Mahovlich got the puck center ice, and the Hawks had a defenseman named Len Frigg. Another one like, who? But (laughs) he was on the ice at the time, and Mahovlich shot the puck towards the net, open net, Frigg dove head, head, head on with his stick extended, and Mahavlich's shot hit his stick and went into the crowd. And, of course, you know, the recent ones with uh, Kane and, you know, the, the 2010 Stanley Cup Finals. And, dude, I got, I got so many memories. I could take your entire show up. But, uh, <laughs> Was Desjardins related to the one who played for the Sharks? Was that like his uh, father? I don't know. I, I think, honestly don't I know, think, Frank. I think Desjardins and Desjardins are two different families, for sure. Yeah, I, you know, they pronounced it back in the day, Desjardins, so I don't know. And it's spelled the same. Oh, it is spelled the same. Actually, yeah. The one Frankie's thinking of played for the Hawks, too. Yeah. Actually, yes. if I recall. I he yes. started yes, his he career did. with the Sharks, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Absolutely, he like, yeah. He became like a depth player with the Hawks. Yep. Sharks. I wonder yeah. if they were related in any way. They could have yeah, the time there. They could have been. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. We'll look into that, yeah. actually. That's a good poll there, Frank. I remember Andrew Desjardins. Yeah. It, it, yep. That was Something like, yeah, Andrew one. or Eric. Was it Eric? Yeah. It was Andrew, I thought, right? Or no, maybe it was Eric. I don't know. They both I have no idea. Maybe there were two. Maybe there were two. Maybe there were not enough Desjardins. Yeah. (laughs) Tom, are you able to pick out, I know this is like kind of putting you on the spot and you've given us so much of your time. 
Can you pick out one all-time favorite hockey player? Maybe one that wasn't on the Hawks and one that was, or I don't know. Um, you know, I was as far as goalies go. I mean, I was a huge fan of Gilles Maloche. He had a brief career with the Hawks. He ended up playing with a bunch of different teams. I think my all-time favorite Blackhawk, outside of Bobby Schmatz, another guy you say who, but if you want to bring it into like a more modern era, era where people would maybe recognize the name, in my opinion, Al Secord does not get a lot of love. I know Al Secord very well. Yeah, and he's well. not currently a jet pilot, I think. Um, but as far as I know, he's the last, he could be the last player to ever score 50 goals in a season with over 300 penalty minutes. And that'll probably never happen again. No, the guy was just phenomenal. And, uh, when he was on that line with Savard and Larmer, uh, they were virtually unstoppable. And then I, I would have to throw Larmer into that group too, because I've told Frank this before, but Larmer was a left-handed shot playing right wing. And that's exactly why I played right wing. I, I was watching him one day and I said, I'd rather be on the left, on the right side. So yeah, those, you know, those probably would be my top ones. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Frank, do you have anything else for Tom before we let him out? Um, thank you for, you know, always being here to support the show. Uh, sure. You know, we hear every show. We see it chatting all the time. Uh, well, you know what to get me for my birthday now, right? I know a Kane Rangers jersey. <laughs> Boo! Get a Buffalo jersey next year, guys. You know, Vinny, I got to admit, when when this show, when I knew this show was coming up, I told Frank, every time he says something about the trade, I'm going to go disagree, 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 just to piss you off. <laughs> oh, there was that one episode where Frankie wanted to take my head and shake it and just scream at me. He's not getting traded. He's not getting. I'm like, he's getting freaking traded, and the team is dumb if he does. They don't, but. You know, yeah, I, I, know. I get it. I get it. You know, I'm not happy, but I get it. So I understand. I fully understand it. It happens to every fan base that goes through like a good stretch. I think yeah. like very few dynasties are like long time sustained success. And with all the guys retiring at the same time on a Stanley Cup champ, like that's just not how it works. Well, as old as I am, my, my only fear is that uh, I might not be around by the time they win another cup. But <laughs> Well, I, I honestly think their chances of you being around next time they win a cup will be enhanced on May 10th if a couple ping pong balls fall a specific way. I do well, think you that's could possible. be right. You could be right, but if it's if it's number two, Fantilli would look awfully good. He sure would. He's Jonathan Taves 2.0. So with a you, better scoring touch. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. He scored a goal yep. from the goal line at the one game I was at. He literally from the goal line shot it from an impossible angle and it went in. I was like, this is three. Score. I think they're okay. Yeah. Well, three, you... yeah. My, my guy, Leo Carlson, big dude center, but uh, yeah, I would rather have the other two. Well, well of course. course. Yeah. Mitchkov though. He scored the Michigan two days ago. He no, put the yeah. puck on his stick, the lacrosse goal, the Michigan. He scored it. I, I well, if I would have tried that when I played, I'd have fallen flat on my ass, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> you and everyone else besides like 10 people in the world. <laughs> so we can't thank you enough for coming on, and thank you for always supporting the show. All right. My pleasure, guys. Have we a good one. see you soon. Yep. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
Frank, that ends kind of a long line we had in the, you know, of the people trying to chime in their comments and their favorite hockey memories. That was a lot of fun. We might not be done. We'll see who else joins over the rest of the show. And I do have a medium surprise on who I think might be able to hop on in a different way in a couple minutes here. But I do want to talk really quick to end the first period. Before you go on, though, should we have a Kane tribute video? Because I know you're going to change the uh, the topic off of Kane. You're right. You're right. Do uh, Ch- you want to end that with it? Yes, absolutely. The Chicago Blackhawks. I wouldn't be doing this show if it wasn't for the Chicago Blackhawks, right? Like I'm a New Jersey Devils fan. I root for them over everyone. They're my favorite team in all of sports. I live and breathe and die by that team. But I will say my love for them did stem from the Chicago Blackhawks existing in my hometown. And I love Chicago and I love Chicago sports and the Blackhawks will always be right up there as my favorite teams. And the Blackhawks are the first ever NHL team I got paid to write about you know pucks and pitchforks was a free endeavor when it first started and then they added being paid later the windy city was paid from day one and covering the blackhawks it's important to me so patrick kane has been a big part of it the first ever article i wrote for the windy city was about patrick kane and now he's a member of the new york rangers so frank without further ado we would like to show you what the blackhawks posted the tribute video to patrick kane historic pick. First time ever the Chicago Blackhawks have had the first pick and we proudly select. No hearing my name called. I was very fortunate to be a Blackhawk. Patrick Kane. just makes you want to play better. It makes you want to you know, go out there and make the fans cheer and give them something to, to be excited about. The receiver, the tease, right so close, shoot, save, goal, score! Patrick Kane! A short-handed goal for Patrick Kane! Here's Kane now, juking his way to the right, low left corner, shoot, score! And now it's in the net, they score! It's it, they score! It's it! The Hawks win the Stanley Cup over the net! Weaves in the middle with a spin around.
I also think there's a chance he comes back. Well, he'll definitely that, retire as a Blackhawk, whether he signs a one-day contract or whatever it is. Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree, and, and I don't know. Number will be retired too for the. Oh, I th- I honestly think they build a Taves Kane like dual statue. I I do, and very few players get statues. Jordan, Hall, and Makita have statues outside of the United Center. Yeah. Um. I do think there's a chance he comes back because I don't think the Rangers are going to be able to make it work in the summer. I just don't. And so I think it's Buffalo or Chicago in the summer. I think the Bruins and Devils and Islanders have an outside chance because they're good teams on the East Coast with Stanley Cup aspirations. But I think it'll come down to Buffalo and Chicago. I, I It'd be weird for him to not play a single game in a Sabres jersey. I think because that's been kind of a conversation people have been having since he was in his, like, you know, younger days in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. But um, my favorite Patrick Kane moment is easy. They were playing the Tampa Bay Lightning in the 2015 Stanley Cup final. And I do think being a top player on a two-time Stanley Cup champion team, that doesn't necessarily solidify you as a Hall of Famer. You need regular season points and trophies and awards and all sorts of things to become a hall of famer. But I believe Patrick Kane became a legend when he had a legendary moment in 2010, but he wasn't a legend because he scored one sweet goal. He became a legend in 2015. The Hawks were up one, nothing in a tight checking game and the highest scoring offense in the regular season that year, the Tampa Bay lightning were pressing hard and Corey Crawford was under siege. And Brandon Saad carried the puck out of the zone and into the neutral zone. He drops it to Brad Richards. And Brad Richards makes one of the most famous no-look passes in the history of the NHL. And you kind of figured this would happen when two two 60 assist men were put on the same team, Patrick Kane and Brad Richards, and they both scored plenty of goals in their own right. Um, Patrick Kane didn't miss, and it put the Hawks up 2-0, and they won the Stanley Cup five minutes later. And it made it where you knew the Lightning weren't going to tie it. Because even if they got one, they certainly weren't getting two. And, you know, that's the moment he became a legend to me because he came into that offseason dealing with some off-the-ice things. Then he comes back the next year with Panarin and wins MVP. I mean, it's just all that moment is the moment he became a legend for me. And, you know, I have nothing but gratitude and thankfulness towards Patrick Kane, even though he went to my biggest rival. Yeah, he's your problem to deal with now. <laughs> you know, people keep saying that, though, and one thing that was pointed out to me, the Devils are only three points behind the Carolina Hurricanes for the top spot in the Metropolitan Division. He could very well become my second-round problem. Yeah, he Which, could. man, it just it bugs me that you probably would have rooted for the Devils if he wasn't traded for the, to the Rangers because you're not a dick. <laughs> And now I you're gonna the devils, but I don't know, Kane man. It's I know it's it's everyone's gonna turn on me now. I honestly, I'm in, I'm prepared for it. All the Chicago fans are gonna be rooting for Kane. Although I do think there is a possibility that a second rounder this year is better than a first rounder next year or the year after. Probably. There are two reasons. There are two reasons. The first reason is the the draft this year is deeper. I think more first round talent bleeds into the second round this year. And those players could be even better than the first round players of next year or the year after next year is supposed to be a weaker draft. And the year after is supposed to be a pretty good draft again. And, you know, you never really know more than three years out because those kids are 14, 13, you know, you don't know. Once they start turning 16, 17 is where they start to be identified. Like we identified Bedard when he was 16 in the 2019 draft. 
mm-hmm. or the 2000, not 19, 2020 draft. We started to hear about Bedard. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's been great. And I, I love Patrick Kane. And, you know, if the Rangers do beat the devils, I'll root for him in my own weird way. I have no ill towards Patrick Kane. I, you know, he wants to play for the Rangers at MSG, like, you know, stunning, right? Like nobody's ever done that before, but, um, I do have good news to report on the devil's front. They traded huge trade with the San Jose Sharks to get Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer is, although Patrick Kane has the best career of any player that's going to be traded, here on March 1st, 2023, the best player traded was Timo Meyer. He has 31 goals and 52 points in 57 games so far this year. He's the only 30-goal scorer that's probably going to be traded this season. And he's already got 30. It's not even like we're projecting him to get to 30. He literally already has 31 mm-hmm. goals. It's a really good trade for the New Jersey Devils. What's your take? Yeah, I mean, it, it finally happened, right? We were talking about um, the two spots for him are the Devils and the Hurricanes. Um, massive trade. When I saw the the amount of pieces part of this trade, it was unbelievable. I think uh, so. The Devils received Timo Meyer, Scott Harrington, Santeri Hadaka. Tamor Ibrahimov, Zach Emond, and a 2024 fifth round pick, which was Colorado's. Um, the Sharks received Shakir Muhammad Dullin. Ooh, that's one of the first first pronunciations I've ever heard. Muhammad Dullin, I think. You're so close. It's Muhammadulin. You were so. I'm so impressed. Frankie becoming a hockey name guy. I love it. Nikita. Oh, see, you fucked up that one. It's a Hotuk. A Hotuk. Uh, Fabian Zetterland and Andreas Johnson with a 2023 first round, a 2024 conditional second round, and a 2024 seventh round pick. Uh, you know, this is also a pretty good trade for the Sharks as well. They got a ton of opportunity. These young guys, putting those young players in a role that they're not expecting to be in where they're going to have more of an opportunity on a team like the sharks, you know, to be in the limelight, the sharks are rebuilding. Um, I mean, to play with Thomas hurdle, I mean, just having that opportunity, I think it's a great way for these guys to develop on a team where they're more in the forefront rather than if they're on the devils, they're not going to get the limelight because you know, the devils have their core ready. They got, there's better players ahead of them. So I think this is a great opportunity for the San Jose sharks as well. But if you look at the devils too, they're making a statement. They're like, we're here to win. We want to win with this core and we want to try and start that in 2023 going forward. So big moves by both teams. Really? I agree. And Andreas Janssen was playing for Utica. He gets called up to the Sharks right away yesterday, played 17 minutes, did really, really well. I watched the entire third period of the Sharks. I didn't get to watch the whole game, but I watched the third period of the Sharks versus Montreal last night. And, you know, I thought Zetterlind and Janssen looked really good. Like they each had like three or four scoring chances. Uh, They each played 17 plus minutes. So really, really good. Uh, Zetterlind's playing on their top line right off the bat. And then the other guys, they'll get their chances over time. We'll see if Muhammad Doolin comes over. He was a first-round pick, and he's a he's a mixed bag kind of player. He's like a riverboat gambler type defenseman. But, you know, if he comes over from Russia ever, the Sharks are certainly going to give him an opportunity. Um, the uh, the first-round pick in 2023 goes to the Sharks, and the second-round pick in 2024 becomes a first-round pick if the Devils win two rounds. And, you know, so if that becomes a first round pick, that means the Devils won two rounds. 
that's worth it for me. You know, if they don't win two rounds, it's a second round pick next year. So, you know, I, I, I love the trade for both teams. I do think the Sharks got quantity more than quality because I will say this. Uh, we, knew da- we knew Dawson Mercer, Luke Hughes, and Simone Nemich are like the three biggest trade chips they had going into the trade deadline. Well, then Dawson Mercer scored 10 goals in his last like 13 games or something like that. He's been on fire. And Simone Nemich and Luke Hughes have to be untouchable unless it's like a super crazy trade, right? Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I was like, okay, Alexander Holtz, um, Yegor Sharangovich, Jesper Boquist, uh, Seamus Casey. They didn't trade any of them. I know. I was a little surprised. They didn't trade any of them. The, like, their top six prospects are all still there after a Timo Meyer trade. If they're not the second best farm system in the NHL anymore, they're still third or fourth. I don't think removing Mahamadoulin or Zetter, like Zetterlin was in the NHL already. I don't think removing Mahamadoulin or Ahotuk, you know, those guys leaving isn't lowering the standings of the farm system. I, I was stunned. I couldn't, they didn't get rid of Alexander Holtz. I thought Holtz was a lock to go. And they didn't. And so, you know, we talk about the Sharks getting good players. There's no doubt. Uh, I'm not going to say, because I tweeted when the details were first coming out. I said, did the San Jose Sharks get fleeced by the Devils? Question mark. Because that's what it looked like at first. And then the trade came out and I, I quote tweeted my own tweet. And I said, I'm not going to actually say that it's a, it's a fleece. But I am going to say that I am very surprised because the Sharks did get good players. But I am a little surprised that the Devils didn't give up what I thought they were going to give up. So Mm -hmm. I'm happy to hear you like to trade for the Devils, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think both teams won it. Um, The Devils got more out of it because, like you said, they didn't have to give away their their key trade pieces, which was huge for them. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Sharks take the pieces they got and mold them into their future because, I mean, they they got some guys that, like I said, given the opportunity, they could turn into something special. So we'll see. But the Devils, like I said, making a statement. They want to win. They want to start trying to win it this year. And getting Timo Meyer will definitely help them. Absolutely. Um, I don't know where you stand on this. Jack Hughes is their best offensive player. Mm-hmm. Nico Heischer is probably their second best player in general. Where do you, where do you put Timo Meyer? He's Swiss like Heischer. They played together in the World Championships the last couple of years, like, do you put them with Luke Hughes and see if they can really explode together? Or do you put them with Heesher, try to get even more out of Heesher offensively? Heesher's got 50 something points. You know, he's got 27 on goals. The second like, line, right? Technically they call it the first line, yeah. but it's like when it's like back in the day when the Hawks had Taves on the first line and Kane on the second line, it's a very similar situation. They list the better all around player as the top line. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing going on. There's so many similarities, honestly, between the Devils and Hawks of old. I, I think you stick them on the second line with Heischer. Yeah, I do too. A lot of people are against me on that. They want him with Hughes. Nah, I don't think you need him on with Hughes. I think you put him with Brad with Hughes. Yeah, and you you make the second line even more dynamic. Like you already, you're fine with your first line. You're already stacked. Your top six, you're looking good. I think you pad the second line a little bit more. I agree. Because as good as Heischer's been this year, what does Heischer have? Heischer has – hold on. It'll take a second to load here. Heischer has – they still haven't added Timo Meyer on the app, though. It's kind of annoying. Heischer <laughs> has 25 goals. 
and 30 assists for 55 points in 58 yeah. games played or whatever. He's having an Myrtle? unreal year. You mean Meyer? Oh, I love. Oh yeah, Hurdle. with her, with Meyer. played. Well, Hurdle played with Meyer. Um, I I think you could get more out of Heisher though. Like I think 40 goals is certainly possible for Heisher in his career. I think 80, 90 points is absolutely possible. And Jack Hughes is on pace for 100 while playing with Brat and Cherry that's Govich. Why you, so like, that's why you need to put him on the second line. I'd be kind of stunned if they had him on the first line. I really would. I, I would too, but I, I honestly think that's how it's going to start. Really? I, 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 there's nothing confirmed yet, and, you know, Myers injured. It could be similar to Kane. Like, Kane will probably be on the first line, but if they put him on the second line with Panarin, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I agree. I would put him with Panarin, personally. But I think it's going to start out on the first line, kind of like you think Meyer's going to start on the Devils' first line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Meyer's not playing tonight, though. Hmm. Against the Colorado Avalanche. Interesting. So he's injured, though. But you know, he was held out of Sharks games and practice since February 18th. Was it because of the trade? Is he banged up? Does he have an upper body injury? I do think he probably is feeling something upper body. Yeah, especially like, if he's not playing. If right? it were the play, if it were the playoffs, though, would he be playing? Even, probably. Even through this upper body injury, I do think he would yeah. be. Um, I, I honestly think he might have even played if he wasn't on the trade block. But the Sharks didn't want it to get progressively worse and potentially nix this deal with the Devils. So he's not going to play tonight. Him not playing tonight, though could have to do with systems. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing people don't understand either. You don't just go to another NHL team and fit right in. You have to learn how they play. Every team plays different. There's a reason that you have like bad matchups where like certain teams aren't good against certain teams. Like the Devils are very fast and upbeat tempo offense. And they play, I'm pretty sure they play like a zone type defense. Mm -hmm. The Sharks, the Sharks are like physical and like, it's just an entirely different game. I honestly, I don't even know the, I'm not an X's and O's guy. I evaluate like players and stuff, but you know, with the devils, it's going to be fast. He like his centerman's either going to be he or Hughes. I think there's really no debating that much. And I don't know. We'll see what happens, but uh, probably Friday night against the golden Knights. Oh is yeah. My I guess think for, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the system shouldn't be that hard for Timo Meyer to pick up. He's a good player that has a really good shot. And I would put him on the power play as the net front because he's very good at tipping pucks. And if Absolutely. he has to, like, rotate around and t- use his shot, I think that's a thing, something that's important for the net front guy as they cycle. Um, this is going to be fun, though. I'm excited. Yeah, that's a, that's a big win for the Devils right there. And, I mean, they're hungry. They want to win a playoff series. You know, a lot, a lot of people are – like myself, not thinking that this is the year for the Devils because of, you know, how young they are. And they, they're here to prove everybody wrong. They are. And my opinion has changed a little bit since getting Meyer. Like, yeah, they're young. Hughes hasn't played in the playoffs. Bratton, he sure have. Palat's won two cups. Dougie Hamilton's been to the cup. Um, Graves has been deep in the playoffs with the Rangers and, uh, Avalanche. Um, he sure has played in the playoffs. Tatar has been deep in the, Tatar played in the Stanley cup final with Vegas. This is a good team. This is a very good team. And 
I'm starting to like they could either lose to the Rangers in the first round or they could make it to the Stanley Cup final. I have no I have no reason to think that they're not right there with the Bruins, Leafs, Lightning, Rangers, Hurricanes as one of those teams from the East could get bounced in the first round or make it to the Cup. I'm I'm being so truthful with my opinion there and I my, adding Meyer that changes a lot. It absolutely changes a lot for me. Um, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's a lot that they win the cup this year, but they're all in. Just got to wait and see. Um, Hughes and Meyer would be either tied for the lead or leading the Rangers in goals. And he sure brat would also be second on the Rangers and like they're, they match up. So they're so even. Oh yeah. So I do think, uh, what's going on with Shesterkin is an issue for the Rangers. And they added a negative defensive player in Kane. Mm-hmm. So, but his center is either going to be Trocheck or Zabanajad instead of Jason fricking Dickinson. <laughs> so I do think the devils and Rangers both got better. Carolina. We, I, they haven't done much. But they did make one move, and we'll get to that in the second period. The second period is just going to be loaded with trade talk and two things that have nothing to do with trades but are big NHL news. And do you have anything left on Kane or Meyer, the two big names traded at this year's NHL trade deadline, even though the trade deadline is not till Friday? I'm excited to see both of them back in the playoffs. Me too. Very, very excited. Can't wait. Frank, let's get into period number two. Right before the show started, we learned that the Detroit Red Wings announced an extension. Eight years, $8.7 million with Dylan Larkin. The rumor is he wanted nine. The Wings wanted eight. I said, why don't you go 8.5? I do think he's worth 8.5. What did he get? What was the 8. price? 8.7. So it's 200,000 leaning Detroit or uh, Larkin's way. I don't think you let Larkin go over 200,000. I watched that game. I watched, I've watched the last two that Detroit played Ottawa. It was weird. I haven't seen this in the NHL before. They played in the same building back to back nights against each other. It was weird. Yeah. It was like, a, it was weird. I've never uh-huh. seen that in, in a non playoff series. I Half think I kept him at eight and a half. Yeah, okay, and are you letting Larkin go over no, 200K? No. Yeah, you're not. So Larkin's a great player, 80-point guy, great in the faceoff dot, outstanding center, has chemistry with Detroit, loves Michigan, hasn't left Michigan in his whole life as a home player. Um, yeah, if we're like bargaining and I say, yeah, we could do about $8.5 million. he goes, what about 8.7? I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll do 8.7. That's what I would have said too. Like, what, do you, what do you even say 8.7 is a fair bargain? When he wants nine and they want eight, yeah. you leaned towards him, but he's your captain. I think that extra two hundred thousand of meeting in the middle is he's your captain, loyal, good leader, mm-hmm. scores a shit ton, fast as fuck, young, just a great player. I mm-hmm. think Dylan Larkin's unbelievable, and, and getting over nine would have been a little much. I, there are very few players worth more than that, you know. Do I th- is he better than Jack Hughes? No, but Jack Hughes signed before he proved anything, and the Devils got right. lucky. Like, if he hit the open market right now, he'd make 11. And so Larkin getting 8.7, I, I think that's a great deal for both. You probably mm-hmm. agree. 
I agree, 100%. The other big non-trade news was right before Timo Meyer was traded to the New Jersey Devils on Sunday, the Nashville Predators announced that after 26 years, David yeah. Poyle is no longer going to be their general manager and president of hockey operations. Since he has been the GM of the Nashville Predators, they have come into this league and taken a non-traditional hockey market of Nashville, Tennessee, and made it into an absolute NHL powerhouse. Are they not having the greatest year this year, contrary to our preseason predictions? No, it's been a tough year. They're still pretty good. But the Predators are a relevant NHL franchise. Mm -hmm. Even when they stink, they will be a relative or a relevant NHL franchise because the building sells out. They have marketable players. They have a marketable history, and that's all because of David Poyle. Barry Trotz will take over as the GM in another stunning portion of the news. What's your takeaway? Yeah, I didn't. I also didn't realize that he was the winningest GM in NHL history. He's the only GM to ever reach three thousand wins as it's a GM unbelievable. with the Washington Capitals and Nashville put together. Well, uh, yeah, obviously, and he was that. He's been the only GM for Nashville, so yes. that also, like, obviously, if you're there for twenty six years, I mean, of course, you're gonna probably be the most winningest GM. I mean, he's he, that franchise was was on the up and coming, and I mean, they're still here. They're still here to contend and. I mean, he, what he's done for the organization has been remarkable. And now Barry Trotz taking over. Barry Trotz, obviously, former coach of the Nashville Predators. Um, I think he'll, he'll know what to do, what's best for them. I mean, he's obviously been in the organization before. We'll see how his coaching translates into being in a general manager type role. But um, it, it was very shocking news to think that there's a new GM coming into the organization when there hasn't been for 26 years. I mean, that's Absolutely. longer than I've been on this earth. He was GM before I was born. Yeah. It's and Barry Trotz, Barry Trotz was their first coach in team history. And he recently left to go to Washington. And I think it was before the 2017 season or 2018 season. And then Trotz won the Stanley Cup in Washington. So he gained some valuable experience there. I think it's something that's going to work out for Nashville. I don't necessarily see them full on rebuilding. I see them trying to retool here. Mm -hmm. And they traded. We, we'll, talk, we'll get right into this one. They traded – We'll get into both of these at the same time. We could talk about both of them. They traded Matthias Ekholm to the Edmonton Oilers, and they traded Tanner Janot to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they traded Nino Niederreiter to the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. So, you know, Nashville's unloading their players that they can unload, and they're getting first-round picks and young players, but I, I don't think they stink. I, I, I don't think they're terrible – but they, if they fall enough and maybe win the lottery or come in second, like this Nashville's team, they're taking care of business. What's your take? We'll start with Janot. I know that's the big one. Janot, yeah, I mean, that's huge for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Lightning want to get back to the conference finals again, win another cup. I think Janot's going to help that tremendously. It's a big one. Uh, it's a big loss for the Predators as well. But um, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think they're going to retool here instead of rebuild. They still got some players uh, in their organization that they could build around. Um, and I guess that starts with trading uh, Tanner Janot to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Nino Niederreiter to the Jets, that's huge for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, the Jets could use a little more scoring power there. Nino Niederreiter, um, he'll get that done. I think it's a very good move for the Winnipeg Jets, who weren't, you know, tremendous buyers here. 
but I, I think that's a, a key piece that could work in their favor going into the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, you know, it, good for them, too. You had to make a, some moves. You like to see a little bit maybe of a bigger move there for the Winnipeg Jets, but, I mean, getting him, I mean, it's definitely going to help a little bit. Um, and then perhaps I think this Upcomb trade was huge for the Oilers as well. Um, you know, one of the biggest weaknesses that the Edmonton Oilers had was their defense on five-on-five five play. They kind of struggled defensively five on five. I think Ekholm improves that in a big way. I think he's going to help out uh, their five on five defensive play. And uh, you know, it, it's the, the Oilers. We know how competitive they are. Um, we know the talent they have on their roster. And I think this Ekholm adding this to their roster is going to improve them pretty marginally. I think going into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, absolutely, and. I was stunned at what the Lightning gave up for Janot. I like Janot. He's a great player. Yeah. He makes the Lightning better. But they're all in on just winning. And they're gonna there's gonna come a point very soon where the Lightning are terrible. And yeah. I, you know, I think this is coming for another team we're gonna talk about here in a couple minutes that's been loading up at the deadline. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about right away, but they wear the same colors and play in the same division. Um, no, no first round picks for the next thousand years, no second round <laughs> picks, no third round picks. I mean, when Stamkos and Kucherov fall off, the lightning are going to be terrible, but they got, you know, they're loading up. They're trying to get through they it one more into another year. They do want another one. They want another one really bad. And I mean, three out of four would be a dynasty, right? I, yeah. I think so. And the lightning recognize that and that, that. Janot might be more worth it to them than a first round pick, even though most people wouldn't consider Janot a first round pick worthy player. Like Patrick Kane's not even getting a first round pick unless the Rangers win two playoff series. There's mm -hmm. no if on this Janot first round pick. They get it. It's theirs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's interesting. That's how wild it is in the NHL right now. Um, I think Nashville's in a good spot, though, with some of these moves that they made. I like the Nino move for the Jets. I stand by this take. Whoever comes out of the West. They might not be as deep of a team on paper as the team in the East that comes out, but they might have less battle scars, fewer yep. battle scars. They could be healthier. You know, if the Oilers and Jets play a really nice, fast-paced Eastern or Western Conference final and they meet the Devils and Timo Meyers banged up and Jack Hughes' three playoff series deep for the first time in his career, you know, like that, that could work in the West's favor. Absolutely. We've seen that be the case before. Um, I honestly think that was the case last year. Uh, like, I know you always say Colorado was worlds better than everybody in the, like I on Tampa Bay was on their level for me. And I think if point was playing, they probably, I think I picked Tampa. If point was playing, I picked Colorado if he wasn't. And, you know, that's what could happen, though, in the West this year. Whoever's the least beat up could end up – and that's why I think the Avalanche are so scary because if they find a way to be healthy by April, you know, McCarr's yeah. out tonight against the Devils. Rantanen – or Rantanen's been on fire. But McKinnon's finally getting his scoring touch back. Landis Cog's been out. They just got Valeri Nichuskin back. Um, you know, those teams from the West, I do think adding just a little bit could go a long way in the playoffs. And Nina Ryder's a big body that can also add a little bit of trading touch. And then Ekholm to the Oilers. Yeah. What a good move for Edmonton. Big for Oilers, yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny because I was looking at the West standings, and I know what I just – my whole soliloquy on what I said about getting through the playoffs. The difference between first in the conference and out of the playoffs is only nine points where the difference in the Eastern Conference 
between first in the conference and playoffs is like 30 points. Yeah. So, you know, the Devils have a bigger gap. The Devils have a 17, 17 point playoff cushion. Yeah. They're fine. That's double the playoff cushion of the team who's number one in the West. So these West teams, man, I, I, I think, the past few I, seasons. Yeah. I, I don't think they're dangerous in the regular season. I think they're dangerous in the playoffs though. In the Absolutely. Stanley Cup final, they're going to, whoever's out from the West is going to be the underdog. You know, if the Leafs end up do pulling off what I think they're going to pull off and play the jets or the stars, the Leafs are going to be minus minus one fifty every game mm-hmm. and hold the brakes on the West here. It's the black and blue conference for a reason. Um, let's get into the Bruins. The Boston Bruins acquired Dmitry Orlov and yep. Garnet Hathaway from the Washington Capitals. That, I think, is going to end up being one of the biggest moves of the entire trade deadline. Not because they're adding a star, but I do think... Um, Orlov is a very good defenseman. Hathaway is a bottom six player that is very, very good scoring touch. Um, what do you think? It's a big move by the Boston Bruins because they're going to waltz into the Stanley Cup playoffs as the clear favorite to win it all. And getting Orlov and Hathaway, I mean, that just adds to it too as well. I mean, it's it's a pretty big move by the Boston Bruins They who didn't really – go for broke. They really didn't need to. I wouldn't say getting Orlov and Hathaway is like going for broke. I mean, obviously you could have done more, but they didn't need to do that because of where they stand right now. Um, And you mentioned how, you know, things could probably get scary for them in the future, similar to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, They're not going to be good forever. Uh, So I think what they're trying to do with these pieces that they got from the Capitals is they're trying to basically get it done this year. They think that having Orlov and Hathaway are the missing pieces they need to win the Stanley Cup this year. Because if they don't, we don't know what's going to happen down the line. They're not they're not set up in their um, their farm system very good at all. They're a bottom five team in their farm their farm system. I don't know where um, they were ranked in that list that we looked over a few weeks 29th. ago. Twenty ninth. Yeah, I mean they're, they're bad. it's like bottom three in the league in their farm system. So you know. They're going all out. Hopefully Orlov and Hathaway are those pieces that they're looking to find because if not, things are going to get scary for them in the future. Yeah, the Bruins have to win the Cup this year or next year. A rebuild is coming. Yep. And it's going to be fun to watch the Bruins rebuild, to be honest. Imagine the Bruins with like this sick, young, up-and-coming prospect. That's never been the case. Pasternak was a late first-round pick who like became a superstar. But, like, he wasn't – we didn't talk about him at 20 years old the way we talked about Jack Hughes or Rasmus Dahlin or Connor McDavid. Um, even a guy like Tage Thompson probably had a little more hype coming out of the mm-hmm. draft than Pasternak. And, you know, when the Blues traded him, it felt like it wasn't going to be the case. But, I mean, Pasternak is sick. There's no doubt. So is McAvoy. McAvoy is probably the closest we've seen to the Bruins having, like, a legit – prospect that a lot of people are talking about pasta developed into what he is in the nhl he didn't step right in like some of these other guys so you want to you want to what happened i truly believe that no team um is perfect no matter what i don't care if you're the best team in the nhl you're not perfect i mean you can always do things to improve your team 
um, there's a reason they're not going to go 82 and 0. If you're 82 and 0, you're perfect, right? But they're probably one of the closest teams of being perfect in the NHL. And um, I, I just think that they felt the need like they had to do something. They didn't want to sit at the trade deadline and do absolutely nothing. And they felt like this was the best path that they could take to improve their chances of winning the Stanley Cup. Last last night they got out shot fifty seven to twenty and won four to three in overtime. They yeah, find they're... ways to win even exactly. when they play like dog shit. Yeah, and their record is forty seven eight and five. They have ninety nine standings points. Um, second in the league is eighty six, so they're thirteen points clear of the President's Trophy. And I don't know. I, the Bruins are damn good. They are damn good. They're going to get their 50th win here. They'll have 100 points by our next show. And that's why. What happens first, episode 101 or points 101? Points 101. They'll win one of their next three games. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, no. I Yeah. You agree? Yeah. but I, just, I know one person I that was who cool, agrees. Like 101 or like 101 episodes, 101 points. I just wanted to. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Uh, hundred episode came before their hundredth point, though. That's a bad look for them. Um, you want to call Joey? Go for it. I think it'd be kind of funny. Go for it. Let me know if you can hear him. I think we've done this when we called about the burger, some burger. The, you put the, it up the, to the the Carter burger. The Carter burger. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see what Joey Parisi has to say about the Boston Bruins. Uh, if you can't hear him, yeah, I'll I can give me hear a it. thumbs down. Um, we're waiting on the call from Joey Parisi. Uh, hold on. Let's see. If he doesn't answer. Hello? Joey. Yes. You're on Bard on Talking Hockey. What's going on? What's up? Hello, everybody. I wish I could see. Hey, You JP. are one of – Frankie says, hey, JP. What's up, Dean? Uh, tell, him, tell him I'm sorry. My condolences. I know it's tough. I could hear him. <laughs> it's tough. I'm. Mean, it's. It's not easy for me. He probably can't hear me. But Joe, right. are you, are are you able to hear Frankie? No, I cannot. Okay, he said it, it's it's tough on him. You know, he said thank you though. Yeah, I'm trying to be as nice as possible. You know, from our cousins and all our Hawks friends, uh, to not you know give them shit the way everyone gives me shit when when all my players leave me. But you know, everyone's got to go through it. Hey, you know, he might be a problem if the Rangers play the Bruins. Joey might be getting a taste of Patrick Kane more often than he thinks. Yeah, Joe, he he just made the most ridiculous claim. He said Patrick Kane might be your problem now, like with the Rangers. My problem? My problem? Yeah, right. The Rangers got the New Jersey Devils to worry about. How about that? Oh, I, I, said, oh, that. I said that. Frankie said he said that. You know this clown's rooting for the Rangers now? Of course he is. Every single Hawks fan is going to be riding the Rangers' dick now. <laughs> I, I don't get, I hate it. They're all going to hate the Devils in the first round. And then when the yeah. Devils smoke them, they're all going to fucking cry. Yeah. I know. Trust me. There's, T- a, new, uh, there's a new number 88, you know, running the show, though. <laughs> new showtime. Uh, why can the Devils beat the Bruins? Why can they? They can't. No, I didn't mean the Bruins. I meant the Rangers. Excuse me. Yeah, see, I was, I'm always on my toes. They can beat them because I don't know if uh, they got the goaltending that can can make a difference in the playoffs. I think Jack Hughes, Nico Heeshear, Dougie Hamilton all of a sudden scoring. I think the depth of the Devils and, you know, those top guys playing at their top level is just going to be 
just as much too much for the Rangers to handle. Uh, are you worried that Igor Shesterkin has had a terrible year and the Devils have Vanacek, who's arguably been way better? Not arguably, he has been. Arguably, he has been. Sorry for the loud noise. He has been way better, without a doubt. And Dougie Hamilton has probably been just as good as Adam Fox. Dougie so, Hamilton, low-key, has 17 goals. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, well, now's your time. Talk shit about the rest of the league when in comparison yeah, it, to the Bruins. Well, yeah, it really doesn't matter who you're talking about, Devils, Rangers, whatever. The Boston Bruins are the team to beat, and I have never been so confident. Like, you thought I was confident in 2019, betting paychecks each playoff game. Ooh, we got some, we got some money coming. The Bruins, this is their year. There's nothing that is telling me that this is not their year. Current eight-game winning streak at the bag every game it's just a fun time to be a bruins fan lean is all marks set in nhl records franchise records scoring goals just an unreal time to be a boston bruins fan frankie has a question for you frank i want to know the outcome of what happened with that all mark goal because he like he reached out to barstool about the whole all right joe it's your time explain your issue that you dealt with with the Linus Allmark goal on the Barstool Sportsbook and then the resolution of said problem. Okay. Barstool Sportsbook, I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's my go-to betting platform. But I don't know what happened. I had the Bruins scoring the next goal. Okay. through It's 2-1. to one. I have them scoring the next goal. All of a sudden, Linus Allmark makes Bruins history, scores the first goal since Pecorine. And the game ends three to one. There's my empty net goal. They mark my next goal ticket, goal number four, as a loss. So now I'm livid. Totally ruined the whole moment for me. So I'm like, I need my money because I want to make more bets because I'm a stupid degenerate. And I get into this whole spiel. His name was Chase. So if you're listening from Barstool, Chase, tech support, fuck you, because dude had no help. No help whatsoever. I finally getting a different chat with someone. I forget their name. And I was like, there's no way that I'm not going to get my money. The bet won, correct? And he's like, it's being sent to our, you know, review team or whatever. And I'm like, it did hit. I watched it. And they just had nothing to say about that. Absolute clowns. Woke up with my money. So I guess it got resolved, but completely ruined the night for me, to be honest. Are you pissed off at one David Portnoy because of it? Like a residual hate? Um, yeah. A little, a little bitter because I tweeted about it first tweet in like six months and nothing. <laughs> Dave Portnoy had nothing to say, so that's funny. Garnet Hathaway, oh. Garnet Hathaway is the most recent player in the NHL to get suspended for spitting in someone's face before it happened to Keandre Miller yesterday. Uh, I don't know what's your takeaway on the trade. Yeah, I love the trade. Um, a little, a little baffled they had to give up an outright first round pick and the Blackhawks. Didn't get a first round pick. Well, Kane okay. said Kane said Rangers are nothing. So why would the GM yeah. of the Rangers not no, offer I nothing? I know, but I feel like Kane kind of put the Hawks in a tough spot. Oh, he absolutely did. I wrote an article about it. Kane yeah, fucked the of. Hawks in a lot of ways. And people are the Blackhawks fans are gonna respond by going, Oh, Kane, go Rangers. Yeah, kind of a dick move by Kane. But anyway, um Garnet Hathaway and let's not forget Dimitri Orloff. You didn't even mention him, and it's funny, I did I mention just, him. I was just thinking the other day about how this trade doesn't look the best because Garnet Hathaway has been very quiet. Um, Dimitri Orloff, in my opinion, his first three games, uh, his first three games were not the best. 
looks like he was trying to get into the system. He played with three different D partners. But right when I start thinking these things, last night, he just comes out of his shell, scores his, his first goal with the Bruins on the first shot of the game. He was paired up with Hampus Lindholm, so I expect to see that continue. It just wasn't working out with Grizzly, wasn't working out with McAvoy. All of a sudden, he plays with Hampus Lindholm, and boom, two goals, and his for his first two goals as a Bruin, ended up having a three-point night. So, love Orlov, love uh, Hathaway. Can't wait to see more from him. Is Pasternak going to score 60? Um, see, Spaghetti Man has been a little cold lately. A little cold. We're having cold spaghetti for the past couple of days. <laughs> So I'm sure he's gonna light it back up, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just you know hope for fifty. Hope. After watching okay, after watching McJesus score his fiftieth against the Bruins. Yeah, uh, I compared the Bruins Edmonton Oilers game to the Super Bowl. It was the best roster in the league against the best player in the league. In the Super Bowl, the best player prevailed. In that game, the best team prevailed. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I agree completely. Um, there's no doubt McDavid is the best player in the world. He might be the, I, I'm going to stick to that. He's like the most dominant player in his sport. He's that much better than the guy in second place where the guy in second place in any other sport, you know what I'm trying to say? Like the only one in his stratosphere is Otani probably. Yes, but there's a better hitter. There's, there are better hitters than Otani and there are better pitchers than Otani. Yes. Otani is, he's unique. That's like a goalie scoring goals, like Linus Hallmark. <laughs> Another Bruin, of course. Are the Bruins just that sick? Like, yes, this is this is their year. The bar is never going to get higher. Um, so pray for me down the road. He's right. I mean, this is their year. This is the bar isn't going to get any higher than this year. If the Devils beat the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Final, will you cheer for them in the Stanley Cup Final? Um. Yes, most likely. There's really not a team out west that I want to see win it over them, and there's definitely not a team in the east. You know, I've seen the Lightning do it. Now that I saw Kale McCarr and the Avalanche hoist it last year, it's like, yeah, it'd be cool if they repeated, but, you know, with the way the Devils have gone from, like, dog shit to third in the league, you got you to gotta root for them. Frank, do you have anything left for Joey before we let him go? It's good to have you back on the show. He said, it's good to have you back on the show. It's the 100th episode of Bard on Talking Hockey. What does this show mean to you? Yeah, it means everything. Congrats to you guys for keeping it going. You know, I'd love to be there with you, you know, every single episode of the way. But, you know, we got to take care of other things right now. And one day I'm, I'm confident we'll all be back and that you guys are going to keep it going until that day. So keep up the great work. You guys have been doing better than I ever thought without me, you know. Who's your favorite guest we've had? I was I really enjoyed the John Scott. I know it's a chalk answer, but John Scott just really opened up to you guys. Obviously, as a podcast of his own, but hearing him just talk to you guys like you were his buddies and like telling stories about the locker room that you don't get to hear every day. It's that was really cool. Very cool, Joey Parisi. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope the Bruins. Yeah. I hope the Bruins win the Stanley Cup if it's not the Devils. Obviously, yeah, so, so do I. So do I. Real quick. Um, I got a breaking bets for you. Bean, this is for you. Wait, um, hold on. Yeah. A little early breaking bets for you on the 100th episode. Tonight, the New York Rangers are playing the Philadelphia Flyers. NHL on TNT. Is Kane playing in that game? I don't, I don't believe so. he is. 
don't believe he is. All right. Well, no, then never tomorrow. mind. He's playing tomorrow. I'm going to wait to put my bet in then. The first game, I'll do it for – maybe it'll be Saturday. I don't know when Tell the Rangers tomorrow. Play. I think it's tomorrow. There, He's going to play tomorrow. Okay. the Ranger, I know the Rangers play the Bruins on Saturday. The, keep in mind, this doesn't have to be for tonight. The first game that Patrick Kane plays, bet on Artemi Panarin to score a goal in the game. It'll be like plus 200. That is guaranteed wow, money. Funny. Artemi Panarin to score a goal in the first game that Kane plays. Okay. Do you remember Artemi Panarin's first career NHL goal? Um, I do not. Is it against the Wild? No. It was a it was his first goal with the Rangers was against the Devils. Um the puck was sent in deep and it was supposed to be icing. The ref waved it off. Uh, whatever Hawk defenseman it was, launched it up the ice, and Patrick Kane, cherry-picking, not playing defense the way he does, gets it into the offensive zone. He finds Panarin for a breakaway, and he scores a goal on one Henrik Lundqvist of the New York Rangers for his first career NHL goal. Poetry. So you you are you are re, you are saying that that goal will be repeated in a way as Tomorrow his against Ottawa. Kane's debut against Ottawa. At MSG, Frank? Oh, yeah, it would make sense for him not to play in Philly tonight. That's a scumbag fan base as it is anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he was playing tomorrow but, or today or tomorrow, but guarantee the first goal that Patrick Kane plays – or the first game that Patrick Kane plays, I just can picture an Artemi one-timer. I, I can see a vision. If he plays and on And then the he's going to point right at him like he did every, Power every single oh, yeah. game. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, no – they're going to be on the pot. Like, I honestly think Fox, Panarin, Kane, Zabanajad, Kreider is a perfect power play. Yeah. You have the two guys on the half wall, Kane and Panarin, who are like elite playmakers. And you have Zabanajad in the bumper position, Kreider's a net front presence, and Fox is the quarterback. I can't think of a better power play in the NHL. The Devils are close. Brat and Hughes on the half wall, Hamilton, Heischer, bumper, Timo Meyer for net front. That's close. I think Bergeron, net, uh, Bumper, Marshan, Pasternak, half wall, DeBrusque, net front, McAvoy. Is DeBrusque net front? Yes, he is. And then, and then McAvoy, quarterback. I think those are probably the three best in the NHL. Um, I agree with you. I think Panarin probably does pot one tomorrow. And I know I, know I said uh, one last thing. Now I forget what I was going to ask him though, Frank, what were we talking about right before that? We were talking about Kane on the Rangers. I don't remember. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. And the value on Panarin scoring is, is fantastic. You know, plus two, I think it's plus two or five for tonight. Might go down a little bit when Kane plays, but first game that, that Kane's in, just, just do it. Thank me later and do it. Yeah, for sure. I thought about what I was going to ask you while you were talking. Would you rather the Hawks or Ducks win Bedard? Um, for right now, probably the Hawks. But I know if they, you know, become good and, you know, no offense to anyone, but the, the Hawks fans start annoying me again, I'll regret it. But why not? Why not see it for now? That's funny. I, I wish Frankie rooted for a third team and he could hop on that wagon with you. No. <laughs> but I know it's nice having Frankie be the Hawks guy, though, because we can make fun of him now. He was able to make fun of us for so long. So, And he'll always he'll always have the cup where the Boston Bruins had one of the biggest chokes in NHL history, 17 seconds. They couldn't even stop Patrick Kane from finding Taves for Bickle. I mean, what a joke. I, uh, and Rask lets it hit the post and then Bolin banks it in. Like Frankie will always have that to make fun of you about. 
Yeah, I guess I really <laughs> will never live that one down. So I guess we're rooting for the Ducks. I mean, Troy Terry, Trevor Zegras, getting Bedard in there. That would be sick seeing him play in SoCal. Yeah, you're starting to persuade me a little bit. It's like when Gretzky played for the Kings. Like, it brought hockey to SoCal. If the Ducks got Bedard and they played with Zegras, they're on NHL covers and the palm trees and hockey's cool. Like, you know how California people are just, like, so much cooler than everybody else? Like, they wear sunglasses and have sick tans and six-packs and stuff. And us here in the Midwest, we're all fat and pasty. Like, imagine Bedard playing in that culture. Yeah wild um real quick before i get going i want to remind everybody that the leafs are just wasting away picks prospects they're they're getting players that absolutely does not matter because they are not getting out of the first round i know frankie agrees with me um they're just they're bolstering their lineup for no reason it's hilarious to me I'm so happy we have this on video. I am going to never let – I mean, they traded for Jake McCabe. Uh, they got Lafferty. They got Shen. They got O'Reilly. Uh, Achari. I mean, they are loading up. That's a good – you're a clown if you don't think they're going to beat the Lightning. Wow. They're loading up. They're loading up so much to the point where, like, it, it's like the Blues that one year. They went out and got Ryan Miller. They, you know, I think it was like 2016 or something. They just loaded up. Everyone's like, oh, they're going to be so good. And then dusted. It's the exact same thing. The Toronto Maple Leafs are just overloading up to the point where they're going to be a different team and they're going to suck. Well, Kyle Dubas doesn't have a contract past June. So what the fuck does he care about their 2023 first round pick? Exactly. Which is just a scumbag way to go about business. Well, there you go. Joey's thoughts on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Joey Parisi, one of the original hosts of Bar Down Talking Hockey. I can't thank you enough for coming on our show. Yes, I can't thank you enough for calling me, giving me this chance to, you know, reconnect. And uh, and, and I wish I can see Frankie's beautiful face and hear what he has to say. But I know you and him are both doing a great job. And shout out Aldo for keeping this going as well. And we all know the amazing work he does for the Barroom Network. So keep yep. it up. Absolutely. You will be a co-host on the show again one day. Yes, that is the goal. All righty, pal. Thank you for calling. All right, you guys take care. Peace. Adios. Nearly 17 minutes with Joey Preecy. I told him I'd call him for one minute, and he stayed on (laughs) for 17 minutes. So that was nice. Um, What a clown, though, the Leafs. We'll get right into that. The Leafs stink. You, I mean, you guys just One die thing on these hills. We can agree on the 2016 Chicago Cubs taught me a lesson I will never forget. The more you let what happened years in past persuade your opinion of the future, the more of a clown you'll look like. They just gotta prove me wrong. Okay, but like eventually, like like the Cubs, like the Cubs proved, me proved wrong. everybody wrong. I thought the Cubs would never win the World Series. I was getting to the point where I thought they'd never make the playoffs. And then 2014 happened, and I was like, okay, the Cubs had a really good second half. They probably could make the playoffs next year. And then in 15, they did. They got screwed by one game wild card. Or no, they they won the one game wild card. They beat Garrett Cole and the Pirates. And Kyle Schwarber hit that big bomb off of Garrett Cole. And this was pre-Astros cheating Garrett Cole. Um, But, like, the Cubs proved me wrong. The Astros proved me wrong. I thought the Astros would never be good again. They were so bad. Um, Who's another? Oh, the Blues. 
The Capitals, I thought they'd never win the Cup. They were cursed, man. They were even more cursed than the Leafs. It's all a bunch of hogwash. It's a year-by-year <laughs> basis. It's a year-by-year basis. The Devils were dog meat last year. Now they're third in the league. Well, we'll see. Could they prove us wrong? Probably not. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we did talk about the Leafs with Joey. They did add Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty from the Chicago yeah. Blackhawks. They acquired Luke Shen, and they also got uh, – and we talked on the previous episode about Ryan O'Reilly and mm-hmm. um, Noel Achari. Does it move the needle for you at all? I mean, yeah, it helped. I mean, ever since they got Ryan O'Reilly, the team's been worlds better as it is. Um, and adding Lafferty and McCabe alone, I mean, that just furthers their bottom six. And you got Achari, too. That helps with their bottom six as well. I think it helps their defense a ton, especially with McCabe. And uh, Lafferty is going to be a great penalty killer for them. So, I mean, they added all the necessary pieces that they need to. I just, until they prove me wrong, they're still the Leafs to me. That's fair. I get it. I do think I don't, I don't know if they could beat the Bruins, but I that's the team that will beat the Bruins if someone does. They're like literally they're like literally loading up to beat the Bruins. It's like they're trying to build a roster that matches up well against them specifically. Like, hey, we had actually we actually had a two nothing lead, and we choked it away in Game Six last year, and. You know, the Lightning ended up coming back and winning the series in seven by one goal. Um, Shane Goss is to the Arizona Coyotes. That, see, Very that's a move I it's wanted third, to see the Hurricanes it, move. It's a third-round pick going back to uh, the Coyotes for Goss Bear. So that's actually a pretty good trade for both teams, I would say. Um, they, they're good, man. They almost won a playoff series last year, the Lightning, and then the Lightning ended up going all the way to the Cup. <laughs> like the, the, do the Leafs have horrible luck have they had horrible luck yes but there's no focus on Austin having 60 goals he'll hit 40 if he's lucky he's got 29 right now mm-hmm. um, which it feels like it's an off goal scoring year for Austin Matthews he has 29 goals on March 1st like that's how good of a goal scorer he is um, I don't know. I, I don't think the Devils, Rangers, Hurricanes could beat the Bruins. I think the Leafs can. We'll They're the see. only team I think that can. And I think if the Bruins do beat the Leafs, they'll win the Stanley Cup. I'm picking the winner of that series to win the Stanley Cup. Wow. Um, that's my take. The big move yesterday night, besides Patrick Kane, it's not really a big move because he's not as prevalent of a goalie anymore, but he's a franchise icon. Jonathan Quick has been traded from the Columbus Blue Jackets to the or from the Los Angeles Kings. Gavrikov is going back to the Kings after weeks of being healthy scratched. He was going to go to the Rangers. The Bruins were in on him. We thought Edmonton might get him. He's going to the Kings. There are some conditional draft picks, first round, second round stuff. But Jonathan Quick, a franchise icon, traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I do want to point out before I get your analysis, it has come out that Quick has now requested a trade from the Columbus Blue Jackets to go be a second or third stringer on a playoff team. He has absolutely no interest in putting on a Blue Jackets jersey ever in his life. I can't say I blame him at this point. I, listen, I love Columbus. I love Ohio. I want the Blue Jackets to be good. I, you know, I think Ohio gets a bad rap. It's an outstanding state. It's probably in my top 10 favorite states. And I want the Blue Jackets to be good. 
but I don't want to see Jonathan Quick play for them. Like he's a franchise icon for the Kings. Apparently, Kopitar and Dowdy and all the veterans on the Kings, they're not happy about this move. The Kings did Quick dirty. They did him dirty. I know it's business, but they definitely did him dirty. I don't know, man. Tough. What's yeah, your takeaway? He he spent 16 years with the Kings, kind of like Kane with the Hawks. And just like Kane left, it was Quick's time to go. I mean, it sucks for the fan base. It sucks for the players because he's a he's a legend in LA. And but I mean, it is weird that he went to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like, why? What? Where are we going with this trade? The Blue Jackets are terrible, and you're giving up a potential. Was the first round pick they gave up? I think that's guaranteed. That's not conditional, is it? It. I'll read you the conditions of the trade. I the reason they took quick was for cap dump, so the Kings can make more trades. It had nothing to do with it had nothing to do with like adding quick to be a better team. I know, but getting rid of a first rounder this year wasn't it a first twenty twenty three first round pick? The Kings, yeah, giving that up for Gavrikov. He's a great defenseman. I know, but I like mean, we, we, we Kane didn't get a first rounder. Uh, but Kane had they had no choice. It's still if, Kane, if Kane if Kane didn't say Rangers are nothing, they would have traded him to a different team and gotten a first. I guarantee it. it was the Devils or the you know the Hurricanes or the Avalanche. Someone would have given up a first round pick if it wasn't Rangers or nothing. Edmonton. I that's the one thing I'll say about Patrick Kane. They did not get the return Kane deserves, but it's not. It's for not any other reason other than the Hawks did right by Kane. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with. Still, a you can't. Shocking. It's shocking, but you can't compare other trades to Kane. It was Giroux last year too. The Avalanche were prepared to give up two firsts and their top prospect for Giroux, and Giroux said, "Nah, I want to play for the Florida Panthers," and they got nothing for him, Philly, because it, every GM in the league knew it was Florida or nothing, including Florida's GM. So why would you offer more if you're that GM? If and you would feel the same way if it was something benefiting your team. If if you found out. Let's say the Hawks are really good in 2032 and the Devils stink. Jack Hughes is 32 years old, but still putting up 80 points a season. He's got three cups under his belt with the Devils. And Jack Hughes says, I'm playing for the Blackhawks or no one. In what fucking world would the Devils be like, here's, or in what world would the Blackhawks be like, here's a first round pick for Jack Hughes? No. Um, Gavrikov, we saw the Lightning gave up a first for Janot. I'd rather have Gavrikov. I'd rather have the good defenseman. Um, hold on. I have the, the Kings, the Kings get Vladislav Gavrikov. Can't uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov, Vladislav Gavrikov. It's all mm-hmm. these V's with these Russians, Vladislav Gavrikov and Jonas Corposalo for a first round pick conditional third round pick in 2024 and Jonathan quick, Jonathan quick is a cap dump. The Blue Jackets are not all giddy about having Jonathan Quick on an expiring contract. It was it was to make, get a first round pick, and then the third round pick in twenty twenty four. Columbus gets LA's two thousand twenty three and two thousand twenty four second round pick if the Kings miss the playoffs. The first becomes two seconds if they miss the playoffs. I do think it's a little bit of a worry for the Kings. They are. It's not that much. They're nine points clear of a playoff spot. So they're not going to miss the playoffs. It's going to be a first-round pick, right? Mm -hmm. They would have to really choke to not make playoffs. But (laughs) I think because the West is so wild right now, it's the wild, wild West, Columbus was okay adding that little asterisk on the first-round pick. But Corpusalo and uh, 
um, Copley are a nice duo. I like that goaltending duo. Corpus Allo has been good in Columbus, and the team stinks. On a good L.A. team, he'll be better. And then Gavrikov, yeah. you add Gavrikov to that Kings defense, and I, I, I think they're a cup contender in the West. They're, they're a team that could come I'm, out of the West. I like the Kings. So, so what's your thoughts on the trade? Yeah, I mean, it's just a little – it, it was just a little surprising seeing Quick being traded. I mean, he's probably not going to play with the Blue Jackets. Um, he doesn't want to play with the Blue Jackets. I knew he was unhappy with it. I didn't know he requested a trade. Um, will he be traded? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. I don't know where he would go. I'm trying to think of teams that would like use a backup. Um, could Colorado... The Oilers back up in the Edmonton, but I yeah. mean they don't need them. You don't need them though. There are better backups available on the trade market though. That's where Quick is going to run into problems, right? Uh, like Talbot's available. Um, the couple of the Sharks goalie Reimer, he's available. But most teams would probably rather those guys. But I don't know. Quick, one of the greatest Kings ever. He beat these New Jersey Devils in the Stanley Cup final and won the Conn Smythe Trophy as the most valuable player in the playoffs. One of my sad, my absolutely my saddest sports moment came at the hands of Jonathan Quick's success. And that's the ultimate compliment. He was outstanding. So I know yeah. you were a big Quick fan for a long time, too. Yeah. I mean, he beat the Hawks in 2012 to go to the Stanley Cup final. Wasn't he on the Kings? Yeah. Yeah. And, and 14. Yeah. Both of the Kings, both of the Kings Cups went through Chicago, and a New York area team because mm -hmm. they beat the Rangers in the Stanley Cup final. The in fourteen, it's tough. It certainly is. Um, it's a big trade though. There are a couple other ones. I'm gonna ri start ripping them off. Actually, there is one I want to like talk about. The Caps got Sandine. Yep. Like that. That's a what are the Leafs doing thing. Because they added they added McCabe and Luke Shen, who are like veteran defensemen. I would almost rather have Sandine, just because he's younger. Yeah. I think I would rather have Sandine. And the Caps gave the Leafs a first to get Sandine. They gave him the Bruins first that they got for Orlov to get Sandine. I'm not sure the Capitals are drafting a player better with than Sandine with the Bruins pick, especially if it's like 32nd overall when they win the cup. If they win but the cup. Does Sandine, though, fit in the long-term game? I think Lafferty and McCabe will sign a, a, an extension of some, some sort. I do think they're going to stick with Toronto over the long run. And I wonder if the, the Leafs didn't see that in the future with Sandine. You're getting like two for the price of one. Yeah, absolutely. And the Leafs, they wanted that first-round pick so they could at least be involved in the first round. Kyle Dubas has no draft picks left. I don't. Did I save a picture? Of that, I saved a picture of all the Hawks first. Like, this is the Hawks' next three rounds. Like, they're loaded. Yeah. But I, I didn't save the Leafs one. Um. Okay, imagine this picture, but only, like, three of them are filled. <laughs> like, that's, that's rough. Out, of, out of nine total picks, only, like, three of them are filled for the Leafs. Yeah, that's rough. So, it is rough. That's probably why they did it. Um, I don't know. We shall see, but that's an interesting one. It was one I wanted to bring up. Um, now I'm just going to start ripping them off, Frank. And then if there's any you want to talk about in particular, we I mean, if we got into every single one, 
This will be a four-hour show. We're still in the second period. I know we've had a lot of guests, and it's our 100th episode. Foster, thank you. Foster, if you want to come in and say some words about hockey, we're having an open mic type episode. We've had seven guests on the show so far. If you want to be the eighth, tell me. I'll get you a link. Uh, Katie says Ohio better than Indiana, by the way. Couldn't agree more. Fuck Indiana, my least favorite state in the union. Wow. Um, I hope I hope the Colts I hope the Colts go 0 and 17. I hope Indiana Hoosiers, Purdue, and Notre Dame all go win next year. Actually, actually, I like Notre Dame because they're more of an Illinois team than an Indiana team, even though they play in Indiana. But f Indiana, f Purdue, hate them all. Screw the state of Indiana. Um, the ticket I got on the way to New Jersey. I don't know if you know, I got pulled over on the way to New Jersey. $164. It was a $35 ticket, but I got like 130 something bucks in like out of state pay these fee bull. I hate Indiana. Ooh, ooh, I'd rather the Rangers win the Stanley Cup than spend another minute in that disgusting state wow. they call Indiana. Disgusting. Nasty. If you're from Indiana, get out of here. Um, Frank, Islanders get Angball. Uh-huh. The Wild got Nyquist. The Canes got Puyarvi. The Wild also got Marcus Johansson back. Vegas got Barbashev. And the Stars got Dadnov. And then Goss Despair to the Coyote, or to the Hurricanes as well, as we reported earlier, was breaking news. And I, while you're evaluating or telling me which one of these you want to talk about, I'll check the Twitter machine and see if I missed anything in the last – 10 minutes or so since I last looked. Well, I'm, I kind of was hoping Vegas would do a little bit more than just get Barbashev. I mean, I Barbashev's a good player, though. He is a good player, but they need more than just Barbashev. They, they're they not the Vegas team they were when they made it to the Stanley Cup final years ago. They they need more pieces here, and they just – they didn't – there's still time. The trade deadline's on Friday, but they just – they need to make some more moves. They can't just end the trade deadline with um, Barbashev and be okay with it. I just – I don't see that being a way that they can win the Stanley Cup. I, I think they need more pieces. I know Stone is still on a LTIR. Um, it's just they need to get things done. And, and then with the Hurricanes, I love what the Hurricanes did, adding Ghost on their team from the Coyotes. That's big. Uh, Pugliarvi going to help the Hurricanes a ton as well. Um, so I, I really like what I'm seeing from the Carolina Hurricanes this trade deadline. Not so much what I'm seeing from Vegas this trade deadline, but trade deadline still young, still got a couple more days to go, so anything could happen up until then. But that's where I stand. Who's the guy on the left? It's just some mannequins at the NHL store in New York. Oh, I thought that was actually Kane on the right. Tough to see, right? It is. Who's the best player on the New York Knicks? Um, probably Julius Randle. Oh, it's not Jalen Brunson. Well, probably not. I bet I, I bet I, I bet I could make you hate Jalen Brunson. Why? I don't mind him. <laughs> Is that a Kane jersey? <laughs> it's funny. It's all right. Yeah, I'm embracing him being on. You know, I me sitting here and being all sad about it. Like I had my moment yesterday. It's not going to make him the trade be cry? reversed. Absolutely. You cried. Yeah. Oh, it might, he, might, no. he means a lot to me. He means I a did. lot to me too. Listen, I, I shed, did it. I, all, I, shed, all my... I shed a few tears for him. I did. It was very sad. And then especially watching like the highlights and all that, that just makes it worse. Um, but yeah, 
I was very emotional yesterday. And um, I'm, I'm listen, I nothing against the Rangers. I just got to embrace it now because nothing I'm going to do is going to reverse the trade. So let's see. Uh, let's hope he has a good career with the Rangers. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, like, I, I know it's the Rangers, whatever. But I love Patrick Kane. I probably – I got into hockey around that time. So he means a lot to me too. Just because they're not my number one team doesn't mean they're not in my top five most important teams to me. And, you know, I love the Blackhawks. I love Patrick Kane, and I wish him nothing but the best. Um, there was another trade between the Vancouver Canucks and the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit, I'm trying to understand this. I'm trying to understand this trade. (laughs) Joakim Noah, love Joe. Um, I'm trying to figure out why the Vancouver Canucks would trade a first round pick and a second round pick to Detroit for Philip Heronik and a fourth. Detroit is like probably they, they very well could make the playoffs and Vancouver stinks and Vancouver's taking Heronik for the New York Islanders first that they got for Horvat. Yeah, it's a little weird. This just makes no sense to me. That is weird. Oh, I get it. It's a cap dump. They just signed Larkin. I I think uh, I, I I don't know. I, I honestly I, I but it wouldn't kick in until next dump. year. Yeah, but it doesn't fit in until next year anyway. Maybe they're they just wouldn't have ahead of the game. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Gust got put on waivers too. Did he? Yeah, he's not gonna. He'll clear though. No one wants him. I know Hawks fans. Are, Gust. I he's can't wait right. to see him play next to Bedard. Yeah, no <laughs> shot. Um, he scored a goal in his first game and his second game. Congrats to him. It'll probably go thirty without a goal. Um, that's. That's it on the trades, though. I mean, we've had a very, very crazy show so far. We've had seven guests come on and chat. We've had a variety of different people, personalities on the Barroom Network, a couple friends of mine, Sean Sierra, a common guest on my baseball shows, our good friend Mike Puccinelli, um, you know, a couple family members. It's been great. And if you're watching this and you want to chime in a couple – couple words on the sport of hockey or just sports in general. Frankie and I often talk movies. If you want to say something about the 100th episode of bar down, I mean, we're, we're getting close to wrapping it up, but you know, we still got a whole period to go. So we would love to hear from you. You know how to find me for a link. Um, Frank, let's have a little bit of 100th episode fun in period number Welcome to period three. Frank, it's the 100th episode of Bardown Talking Hockey. You've been in for about 70 of them. Am mm-hmm. I 100 for 100? Probably. Did you and Joey do one without me when I went on vacation in the summer of 2022? When I was in Christmas Mountain? Or did I, did I do it from there? I think you did it from there. There was a time where... I, I definitely have pre-recorded an ep of Bar Down, and it went live later. But I, I think I might be a hundred for a hundred. I think you are actually. That's wild. I wonder how long I could keep that streak going. 
Like Dawson Mercer just broke Scott Gomez's record for most consecutive games to start a career in Devils history. Mm-hmm. 140 games. Now he's in like 142 or whatever. Most most consecutive podcasts to start a career. Um, You're this starting is the, first, the Iron Man streak. Yeah, this is the first podcast I've done that was mine. I've been guests, all sorts of shows on you know in life. Uh, the night before my very first episode of Bardon, I went on Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls. Mm-hmm. And I must have been so shitty that they never invited me back. But Aldo <laughs> does say that I'm 100 for 100. Um, but yeah, that, that's the story. Um, for those who are wondering how Bardon became a thing, I just, I love hockey. Like, I, I love it. I can't get enough of it. And I love sports. But... With baseball, it's like when the White Sox suck, I get so mad that like I like I'll watch other games because I like baseball, but like it affects my like when the Devils lose, I'm like, okay, the Devils lost. Let's watch the Oilers. I still get Mm -hmm. to see McDavid and, you know, and they're more spread out. And I just think there's so much parody in the league. Like, yeah, do I get plenty pissed off when the Devils lose? Of course. I actually get more mad this year when they're good because last year was like, oh, the Devils lost again. Let's have five. Um this year it's like when they lose it, it's effective on the standings and like the Rangers could gain yep. ground or they could lose ground on the hurricanes. Like, you know, I, I just, I enjoy hockey so much. It's dangerous. It's fast. It's yep. physical. It, it's literally everything you want in entertainment and they're doing it on a three millimeter size blade under their feet. Uh, they're like knife shoes and you know, that that's what hockey is. And it meant a lot to me and a good friend of mine, Ryan Heckman, who is my co-partner, co-editor at the windycity.com tagged me in a post that the great Aldo Gandia put from the Barroom Network's Twitter page and tagged me in it saying Vinny Parisi would be good for the job. Aldo was looking for a hockey show. I don't know if this is what he envisioned it being more of an all NHL show rather than just specifically a Blackhawks show. But you know, we do, we do give the Blackhawks, I would say 30% of our love on the show. And, you know, I give a lot of love to the Devils, too, because it's what I love. But that's how this show came to be. And I've been very fortunate to be a part of it. I want to do another 100 in a row here. All right, let's do it. Oh, you're in? I guess so. All right, well, don't make me twist your arm. Frank, what was your favorite ever bar down moment? I completely agreed with what Joey said. It was interviewing John Scott. I got to interview somebody who played for my favorite sports franchise of all time. And I got to watch John Scott play. He was so genuine with us. I, I did feel like we were his buddies, just hanging out with a couple of his guys, you know, hanging out. It was it was truly remarkable. It was one of my favorite um, moments on this show for sure. Yeah, uh, I, it's up there for me. And I loved talking to John Scott, and I'd love to get him back. Um, but for me, my all-time favorite moment. I don't know if you know what I'm gonna say. Nope. You have no clue. I like to me, it's not close. Um, oh, yeah, it's the John Bucci Gross interview. I've been John Bucci Gross was legitimately. I lived in Hanover Park, Illinois from birth or not birth from two years old in 1996 till 2012. And then I lived in Bartlett from 2012 to 2021. And then I've lived in Rolling Meadows in 2022. And I remember watching Bucci in my Hanover Park house. 
like long before we moved on Sports Center. And him and Ray Ferraro, Chicken Parmo, Ray Ferraro on the hockey show. And, you know, before NHL was taken away from ESPN, like that meant so much to me to have him on and talk hockey with him. And the Stanley Cup had just ended. So I was feeling a little bit of my summer melancholy. I go through, I go through a little bit of a melancholy when hockey ends. And listen, everyone knows I love baseball. I love the White Sox. I have two baseball shows here on the Barroom Network, but my one baby on this network is this show. You know, I love Crosstown Crosstalk. I love South Burbs Hitman, but this is my baby. And I have that thing, like, I kind of want the day after the Stanley Cup final to be like a gloomy day outside because, like, the light in my life is out both figuratively and literally, you know, besides my family and my girlfriend and you and everyone else that I love. But, you know, in terms of things I love and do for a hobby and work and all that, it's hockey. And so I'm happy that this show has became to be. I'm happy it didn't suck so bad. I mean, it sucks. There's no doubt this show stinks, but it was good enough to be kept on the pro on the network and shit. It's fun as hell. Yeah. And Foster says that was a great interview. I assume he's alluding to um, Bucci and Aldous says this is better than he, what he envisioned. So what do you got to say about that? It makes me feel good. I was going to make a joke about that. He must have envisioned like a shit show because this show fucking stinks. But, you know, in all honesty, uh, we do put a lot of hard work in. A sheet as messy as this is created once a week. And, you know, I don't write that in five minutes. Sometimes it might seem like it. But, you know, there's a lot that goes on in the hockey world. And I also I like bringing things that are not hockey related into the mix so that the show can kind of also be for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, if you want to lower the volume uh on the first two periods but you know we're going to get to something that you can relate to in the third period like by all means so you know that's my favorite bar down moment um what is your favorite hockey memory in general we've been asking people who came in on the show as guests i'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about that yeah so my favorite well, my favorite hockey moment, obviously, this isn't like obviously is the Hawks winning their three cups, but that's not what I'm going to choose here, right? Because that's like the chalk answer. And my favorite hockey memory is probably going to be when I went to my very first Blackhawks game with our cousin Mikey, who passed away. He took me to my first ever Blackhawks game. I just remember it vividly. We were going to we were going downtown to the Blackhawks game, and we we're going to take the train. So we took a cab. Um, and I don't know if there was Uber back then. I don't remember. I think it was, I think I'm almost positive. It was an actual cab. We took to the train station and we got there like while the train was already pulling in there, like we were about to miss the train. And you know, our cousin Mikey, he's like, he kind of like took some money out and threw it at the cab driver. Like here, here you go. Cause we had to go, we had to run on the train. And it's like, as soon as we got on the train, the train was like leaving. So we just made it by like the skin of our nuts. Right. So we, the reason why we were wanted to get down to the UC so quick when we were rushing is because they were doing a giveaway that night and they were giving away, it was in March. I think it was March 26, 2012, right around there. And it was, they were giving away, it might've been March 16th. I don't know because they're giving away a St. Patrick's day hat. And at the time the Hawks have only won four Stanley cups. Um, Cause they just recently won their, their 2010 Stanley cup. And on the hat, it was a green hat. I still have it. It, the, There was a four-leaf clover, and each leaf of the clover 
was a year that they won the Stanley Cup. So I really wanted that hat. It was my first Blackhawks game. I made a sign. I still have the sign hidden away um, saying like, oh, my first Blackhawks game. And I wanted the giveaway so bad. So we were rushing to get there to get the giveaway. Well, get to the stadium and sure as shit. No, the giveaway is done. We were obviously if it was the first 10,000 fans, we were probably like fan 15,000 or whatever. We, We didn't make it for the giveaway. I was very disappointed, right? So we go up to our seat, and the guy sitting next to us had the hat on. And Mikey said to the guy, he's like, how much do you want for the hat? I'll, I'll pay you whatever you want for the hat. And the guy takes his hat off, puts it on my head, and he says, don't worry about it. I'm giving it to you for free. And that was my first hockey game, and just everything that went on leading up to that moment and everything that I, I just told you, just I'll never forget it. Um, so special to us and so special to me, so. That's my favorite hockey memory I've had. I think just a few select amount of people in the world have a story like that. And I think that's what makes sports so like there, there are casuals and there are diehards and the diehards have a moment like that where like they use sports to like get through a hard time or a good memory or You know, and you'll be a diehard Blackhawks fan for as long as you live now because of that story. Without that particular day, maybe you're just a pretty a pretty moderate fan, or maybe you're a big fan but not enough to know who the best player on the Arizona Coyotes is. You know, like there's a difference between being a diehard Blackhawks fan, a diehard NHL fan, or like very few people in Chicago probably even know who Connor Bedard is right now. Mm -hmm. And like that all started because of your beautiful story as my mom Lisa points out in the chat what a beautiful story Frankie it was it's just really really good stuff it's something like I've never been to a Blackhawks game I've never been to a hockey game you know I was I, I watched them from 2010 on but I've never been there and having that moment of like knowing that he was going to do everything in his power to get me that hat just meant the world to me so I'll never forget yeah. it 100% and shout out to that guy who gave it to you shout out Mikey I know if he were with us today he would be on this show. He would probably watch a fair amount of the episodes because very few people I, – I don't really – I don't love talking sports with a lot of people because most people are like meatballs and like they tell me things that they either think I don't know or like it's wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. But like he was one of those people who like you could legitimately have a conversation with and it would be true. And, you know, he loved sports. So, you know, connections with people like that. Unfortunately, he lost his life and we miss him dearly. And, you know, those are the type of memories that come along with sports. And that's why they mean so much to us to the point where maybe we get a little obsessive or you cry when Patrick King gets traded or, you know, the day the Devils clinch the playoffs for the first time in a handful of years, I'm going to be a mess with water falling out of my eyeballs. Um it means a lot to us. So, you know, that's why I like doing this show. We help bring it out of people. We heard some wonderful stories. Like, like how long do you think it's been since Sean Sierra shared that story about the Edmonton Oilers with someone? It's probably been a while. Could be decades. But it probably meant the world to him to, like, share such a great story that means a lot to him personally. And, you know, that's what we do here. Uh, that's That was the point of this show all along. Wasn't because I think – you know, I know so much about hockey. It doesn't matter how much you, what you're, we had a couple people on this show who are like the extreme casual fan. Skyler and Joe have probably watched as many hockey games in the last year as I have in the last week. 
but they had a, a moment that they remember from the sport like that. Mm-hmm. That is that was the point of the show. I'm happy Aldo gave us the opportunity, and that was the first hundred episodes. Greatly said. We also like to talk about a bunch of random bullshit on this show too, Frank. What you watching this weekend, boy? Pony finishing up. finishing season six of Game of Thrones. Oh, we're in the we're in the home stretch. Oh. You, you made fun of me last week. Like you're always on season it's episode three Sunday, of Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Well, look at that. Look how much I'm how excited. far we've come I'm since last week. I'm excited. You've come very far. So we watched, I mean, we grinded this past week. We watched like five or six episodes this past week alone. Not only that, the premiere of Survivor Season 44, I think it's 44, kicks off tonight. I am stoked. I can't wait. And you know what happens when Survivor Season's over, the second Survivor Season, because we had Fall Survivor, now Spring Survivor. We get ready for Big Brother 25. Can't wait. Kicks off this summer. And I'm sure that'll be a a big talking point on the show while the NHL goes through their off season. So yeah, during the whole off season period three is like, let's talk shows. I can't wait. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm going to be watching survivor. The first step tonight, uh, Mandalorian season oh, yeah. three dropped tonight. See, I'm, see, or I'm not watching. I got to watch the bad bets before that, but I am caught up on the Mandalorian. I have watched the you first mean book of Boba Fett. You don't book have to of watch Boba, yeah. the, the book of Boba. Yeah. I mean, I Although am caught up on season. Mando. Season two of Bad Batch did drop, and I'm still mm-hmm. halfway through the first season. I got to finish it, but I will. Um, I'm excited. Uh, Foster says Aldo has underwear that's 44 years old. You think? <laughs> um, oh, I, I want to have a pair of underwear that's old as fuck. I think that's probably near impossible because the underwear that I've always owned over the years just starts falling apart after a while. Or they like it. go missing. Yeah, and I haven't owned it five years. So it's like 44 years, that thing would just like disintegrate. Yeah, there would have to be like a residual <laughs> stain on there too. just from And not like only that, some... but the stitching starts to come undone. I mean, unless you just redo the stitching. But Aldo doesn't strike me as a guy busting out his needle and thread, you know, sitting there <laughs> trying to get Nothing a new thing. lasts forever. For all good <laughs> things, it's true. Frank. What a uh-huh. show. It was what a an absolute show. show. Mm-hmm. I have enjoyed this to the fullest extent. Um, may the next 100 be as fun, if not better than this. I'm sure we will be loaded with, you know, insane guests. I want to have more NHL players. I want to have more elite NHL analysis. Um, you know, people in the game, fans of the show. People who support us, we want to have those throughout the next 100. So just as much as we did in the first 100. So I can't thank everybody enough. Um, We are going to get something that this segment was put in very early. I doubt we were even at episode 10. Like I legitimately think it was extremely early when we started calling it America's favorite podcast segment of the week. This is my own private domicile, bitch. I got a question to ask you. Lay it on me, pal. Because when the three of us were hosting this show very early on in the early 30s, okay? Yeah. 
it breaking bets like was discussed about happening like turning into a thing did we add it with you yeah i think you sometimes occasionally gave picks but you never called it breaking bets it wasn't every week until i was on because i remember because i remember telling you like oh that would be perfect breaking bets is a great idea it makes sense i said i never seen breaking bed but i remember talking about that you know what i'm thinking of from episode 10 we had a segment called overtime yeah that's probably because we haven't done overtime with me that's what i'm thinking of it was the first period second period third period and then i would randomly decide when it was overtime. I don't even think I have any notes of overtime in this. Overtime's not even a, a, oh, a this... clip now. It's oh, no it's not? Here. No. Oh, that's funny. Uh, this this is a new notebook. The oldest episode in this notebook is 89, where we talked about Alex Ovechkin scoring 800 career goals. Uh, Marner was on a point streak. Uh, yep. Jack Hughes had an NHL record longest shift. Okay, so this is from my trip to New Jersey. And then Aldo created the whole graphic, and then here we are. Yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. It was overtime I was thinking of. Overtime Overtime had two purposes, for Joey to give picks and uh, for me to advertise fan-sided articles. That was what overtime was. And I wouldn't do it every week. It, would, it was supposed to be like a surprise. Like, are they going to do overtime this week? Are they going to make it to overtime? Uh, we made it to overtime a fair amount, but it was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, for sure. Well, now, make me some damn money. Without further ado, let me put up the graphics. Everybody, look, they love the graphics. Ooh, Ooh. he's on a heater. Hey, he's on a heater. Uh oh. Are you not on a heater? I think uh, Aldo got rid of it for the Skyler one. <laughs> oh. Well, that's all good. I'll just have to – I'll redo it after. Like it's for NHL, MLB, all Yeah, that. like the record. Yeah. It's not that hard. I'll just yeah, do it th- after. This is accurate though right here? This is accurate, yeah. Okay. Because um, I know in the NHL, I was 6-2, and two, which is just unbelievable because I think NHL is like one of the hardest sports it's to bet It's the hardest one to bet it on. It is. Though. It I'm really six is. And two. But maybe breaking bets, keeping track of it is the only thing that needed to change. So – Got three picks for you. Um, the first one, we're going to stick with college basketball. We're one week left in the regular season. We're in March. March Madness begins in a few weeks, a couple weeks. Um, so I'm excited. First game up, we got Maryland ranked 21 at unranked Ohio State. I like Ohio State money line at minus 103. They started out the season so good. They were like 12 and 5 or 10 and 5. They were on a heater. Then they had a stretch where they lost nine in a row. And now they're like five games under 500. They've been in such a slump. They finally got their act together last week against Illinois. I look for them to have another big win tonight against Maryland. I do think Ohio State's got a talented team there. They were plagued with some injuries uh, very early on towards midseason, which is why they lost nine in a row. They look good last week. That's the Ohio State I know. I think they're going to show up once again. Ohio State money line at minus 103 is what I like against a ranked Maryland team. Uh, switching to the NHL, got a fairly good amount of games for a Wednesday in the NHL. One of them is the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Edmonton Oilers, a good old-fashioned Canadian battle. 
I might regret this, but I like Toronto money line at minus 127. Ever since they got O'Reilly in that acquisition, um, it is they've just looked like a completely different team. They're scoring at will. The Edmonton Oilers just haven't looked that good. I mean, they've they've lost four out of their last five. They just Toronto's the better team here. But I, so I'm leaning towards Toronto. But would I be surprised if the Oilers won? No, not at all. But I just I like the value at minus 127. You're getting with Toronto. They're the hotter team right now. I think there's a ton of EV value um, with the Toronto money line. So I'm going to take Toronto money line at minus 127. Finally, going to the NBA, I checked this pick before the show, and I don't know if anything's happened since then. But before the show. Um, between the 76ers and the Miami Heat, Embiid was questionable for the game, and 95% of the money that was placed on the game, 95% of the money that was placed on this game was on the 76ers plus two points, and the 76ers opened up at minus one and a half favorites. But shockingly, even getting 95% of the money, which should make them even more of a favorite than they were already were, They've moved as plus two dogs, and that could be because Embiid uh, was questionable and he wasn't this morning. Um, but nonetheless, if he doesn't play, then you're going to want to jump on this line as soon as, as as soon as possible because as soon as they announce that he's out for the game tonight, the line's going to shift even more of a favorite in Miami. So get him while you can. It, as For all I know, it might have switched already, but the last time I checked, Miami money line minus uh, 121, and those are the three picks I like for you. The most recent update on Joel Embiid is that he's been added to the injury report and he is questionable for tonight with foot soreness. Yeah, that, that's the last thing I saw, that he was questionable for tonight's game. Well, there you go. That's Breaking Bets with Frankie. Not the 100th edition of Breaking Bets, but one of many. One of yep. many. There's no doubt about it. Um, Frank, what a 100th episode. What a 100th episode. It's probably the most unique of all the episodes we've gone through. Yeah, and before we end the show, there's one more person who wants to say something. So. Gee! I just wanted to come on really quick and say how proud I am of both of you. Feels like just yesterday we were all sitting at Rivers and you guys were bringing him on permanently and we couldn't believe it, and he was so excited. And I just love both of you so much, and I can't wait for the next 100. That's very exciting. I'm very happy to have you on. I appreciate the kind words. Was it at Rivers we asked Frankie full-time? I remember that day we went when the Devils beat the Blackhawks in overtime. Yeah. That's that's incredible. That's incredible. I appreciate yeah. you for the kind words, and thank you for always supporting us. Of course. Outstanding work. That is Giovanna Mangarelli, the girlfriend of one Frank Mueller. Give a round of applause. Let's go. G, really quick before you go, I need a hockey memory. Oh. Um, Besides, and I, I know your favorite player is Tyler Sagan. I'll say it for you. Um, well, I have like a funny memory. I just, I'll never stop looking at the picture of Keith with all his teeth missing. Okay. Um, but it's been, it was really fun to go to the game on Gamers Night because I think that was our last time seeing Taves and Kane both play together live. So I'll always remember that game. Very good. Very good, G. Outstanding work. Mm -hmm. Keep up the good work, G. 
Thank you. Of course. Vinny wasn't expecting that. He's like, we got another guest. He was looking in the chat. Who? He like, didn't tell me. I there's somebody else here. I did. I went straight. I was like, <laughs> who's here? Who's here? Oh, that was good. Good work, G. Outstanding gamers night. That was good. I forgot. Forgot you saw that was a unique game. So Taves and Kane both played, and that yep. was also the first time in NHL history that the AHL's two leading scorers played in the same game. Yes, in the same NHL game. So yep. thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, wow, eight total guests, including G, just chiming in um, and saying a little hello. Unbelievable! Isn't that crazy? Sure is. Um, Frank, we got a hundred more to do. I Maybe know. more. I just fixed the graphic. Where, where will one two hundred come in? Are you that good at math where you could tell me where episode two hundred will come in? Yeah, it'll be four. It'll be it'll. <laughs> I think I could peg the day almost. Go ahead. It'll be like because you have to take into consideration there's fifty two weeks in a year. Yeah. So you do 52 and 52, which would be 204. So you subtract four weeks, which would be a month earlier than today, which would be February 1st. However, there's a leap year next year. So it might come. Well, no, it would still be the leap year wouldn't have happened yet. So I think it'll be February 1st of 2025, I think. Interesting. Not 100% sure. That because makes that sense. The first day of this show was actually i lied uh-uh it'll be 28 days because it's not a full month it'll be 28 days from today well yeah that would be february 1st wouldn't it it'll be in the early february range yeah of 2025, of 2025 yeah okay that makes a lot of and it could be in it could be in uh march too because you never know if, like, we take a week off for vacation. Like, we, we took a week off when we went to Door That's County. That's true. That's like, true. So like, it'll, be, it'll be in January then, most likely. January of or February of 20 – January, February, or March of 2025. Yeah. Depending yeah. on off days and life circumstances and stuff like that. But we certainly won't miss any numbered episodes. That's for damn sure. Um, I don't have the number count of Crosstown Crosstalk. I lost that a long time ago, mm -hmm. but I will never forget Bardown's number count. And they, they're going to be a good 100 episodes. There's no doubt. Oh about yeah, it. for sure. And does that make sense? Cause the first episode of this was in April of 2021. So, you know, Two years later, two month, April, yeah, but two, two years later, about a month and a half behind. Yeah, so that's so, it'll be right around 2025. We'll be right in the half. middle. Ooh, you know what could be around that time? Capitals goal scored by <laughs> number eight, Alex Ovechkin. Bum, ba -da, bum, 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 bum. His 895th in the National Hockey League. The NHL's all-time leading record. Oh. <laughs> the Devils will have a Stanley Cup by then. Wow. So Not this year or next maybe. year? Maybe. Maybe. It's a bold Just statement. But Dart will have at least 100 points. Yeah, with the Hawks. <laughs> or the Ducks. Or the Blue Jackets. Or the Sharks. Uh, Barstool Chief, who I want to have on at least once in the next 100 episodes. 
He did a simulator. He's like, okay, today's good vibes. He clicks the draft simulator, Washington. And he goes, fuck. <laughs> Imagine Washington putting Bedard with, oh, he'd score a thousand. I'd be a little annoying. Bedard. I'd be a little would, annoying. I'd be so happy. That would be, be so awesome. That would be so awesome. It would awesome. make me hate the Capitals. <laughs> if Bedard went to the Capitals, they'd be my second favorite Metropolitan team going forward. Oh, yeah. They're already my third favorite Metropolitan team. Second is the Penguins. So those two could just flip. Um, but, yeah, what a show. What a show. What a show. Long and at show. the end of the – yeah, longest show in Bardown history. I, I was kind of expecting that. Which, if you take away all the guests, it's a typical show. Right. Um, you need to go follow Frankie Mueller on Twitter.com, at the King Bean and read all of his video game news and knowledge at – the app trigger website app trigger.com. He does outstanding work. Our most recent guest, you could go read her work on fansided.com as well. Giovanni, Giovanna Mangarelli. I, I almost said Giovanni. Yay, Giovanni. How you doing? You wouldn't be the first person. Yeah. I mean, not intentionally, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, make sure you read Frankie and G's work. You can find it all on Twitter and through their personals. And then of course you could go to my Twitter at Vinnie Parisi and read all of my stuff. Um, Foster says if you go straight through, it would be January 31st of 2025. That's funny. Thank you, Foster. But Galso probably also didn't take into consideration the two weeks we take off for Door County. Yeah, no, I, yeah, he said if you go straight through. Yeah. So if we, then it would push it for, it would push, push it back into February. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, stay safe, Foster. Thank you for always being a part of our show. Yeah. Um, yeah, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Vinny Parisi. I'm posting so much lately. I'm going absolute ham with this stuff. It's been so much fun covering the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New Jersey Devils, the Boston. Uh, I cover the Boston Birds every now and then. The NHL as a whole, the Chicago Blackhawks, my Chicago White Sox stuff is really going to start heating up. I don't have any White Sox content coming out today. My contributors handled all the Southside Showdown stuff today, and I've been just editing. But I will get back to my Chicago White Sox coverage once the trade deadline is over and i'm very much looking forward to that i can't thank everybody enough from the bottom of my heart for always supporting bar down talking hockey oh it's only 100 episodes what are you getting all emotional over for 100 episodes is not easy we've been going at this for about two years now a lot of work goes into it a lot of dedication a lot of people have to be annoyed by me yelling from across the room about you know freaking saber metrics of jack hughes's expected goals for and nico Heischer's defensive metrics and stuff like that it's not easy you got to pay attention to the league not always easy at least somewhat watching hockey every single night there are a lot of others that make sacrifices in order for us to be knowledgeable and prepared to do this show and a lot goes into it more than just what you see on the surface so i appreciate everybody who's always um part of our lives and helping us do this frank do you have any last words before we exit out of episode number 100 here's to the next 100 and more absolutely i couldn't agree more that's our show i hope everybody enjoyed it thank you to each and every one of you that came on in the chat and you know had a conversation with us shared a hockey memory i'm very happy that we always get to talk hockey with you once a week make sure you tune in tomorrow 2 p.m crosstown crosstalk talk a little baseball and recap what went on here in the 100th episode of bar down talking hockey i can't wait as always thank you for listening happy 100